don't have I don't have a good shtick today, so fuck it, we're just gonna start. yet another a star to steer her by your favorite star trek watching podcast we're here watching all of the voyager as we've been doing so certainly as you've been voyagering along with us you know that this is ames this is caitlin jake is somewhere so, this is jake there and is. this is skipper chris oh, ah, no. I love it. can i be gilligan fuck yeah Sugar i'm gonna be that timbers i'm gonna be that electric eel nice Nice. Can I be the eel from Mario 64, the really creepy one that has the star on his tail and he's just kind of like hanging out in that little hidey hole being all sketchy? Yes, you can. Great, thanks. It's always a bigger fish. Always a bigger electric eel. Uh, oh, I made so many fucking Gungan jokes during that episode. He did. He did. He did <laughs> boss I did boss ass. <laughs> I'm actually really I wonder if they like the Naboo. We didn't do a single goddamn joke. Yeah, it didn't occur to me. No, we're doing them now. Oh, you know why also? We watched them separately for once. True, true. That's the best way to do it. So what are we talking about? We're talking about our episodes that we watched this week for epi- for our episode 284. Woo! Fuck yeah! Woo! And it's a fun this w- fun week this week because we're talking about episodes Nothing Human and 30 Days. Let's start off by talking about Nothing Human. The first thing, we're hanging out. We're doing the whole thing. Uh, I think this is the one that starts with the the hollow doc making us watch a fucking <laughs> yep. slideshow, va- vacation slideshow of shit he likes. Of all the things this show seeded to pay off, <laughs> it's the doctor having a fucking camera. There were some there were some good jokes. I gave them credit for that. Check out this Vulcan schlong. Well, okay, more like a testicle, testicle but still. Anyway, look how much mud we put all over Robbie McNeil. <laughs> That was pretty funny. Uh, good times. Yeah, so anyway, we're in the middle of the slideshow. We get, you know, oh, something's happening. We should go check it out. Turns out the thing that we want to check out is some kind of distress signal, but it's all garbled nonsense. And they're like, what is this? Let's go find out. And they find a little ship. It's all cute and broken. And they beam over the injured pilot of this ship, which is some kind of monster. It's just a very cute little scorpion puppet thing. And they're like, we don't know what the fuck this thing is. We, it's injured and we can't tell how. What are we gonna do? Balana walks in, ready to give Tom a piece of her mind about something for the week. <laughs> and it fucking lunges at her, attaches to her everything, and cannot be removed. And EMH says, damn it, this is a big pain in my ass. Let's figure out how to remove this monster from Balana, whom we need for things. And Tom is there being the dutiful boyfriend sitting by her bedside the whole time. And they realize, okay, the doc doesn't have the exobiology files because he didn't need them. Because we don't have any fucking critters on the ship until now. He watched Alien one time. It's gonna burst from her chest. Oh, God. So he says, okay, well, what we, what we can do is start up the Leia Brahms program, but switch the skin over to somebody who'd be useful in this situation. I pick this uh, this brilliant Cardassian exobiologist, Krell Mosset, who's my new best friend. Who I'm going to call Dr. McDreamy for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Me or you? Me. Oh. Us, we both can. He... He had that Cardassian swagger. Oh, it was dude. very fun. It was so upsetting. I was like, oh, I'm immediately attracted to this man. <laughs> 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 no, 
McDreamy, more like Mick Hitler. Oh God! <laughs> I was yes. gonna say McMengele. Spoilers. So we figure out as we're as we're determining how to remove monsters from Balana that oh shit the 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 real monster the real monster the, is not journey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, our new our new best friend Tabor, who's a Bajoran ensign, walks in and says, "Guys, that's fucking Joseph Mengele, and I mean uh, Krell Masset, who is a fucking genocidal nutbag who performed so many uh, experiments on Bajorans. He killed my grandpa and my brother personally with his bare hands." Here's a I list. Didn't of... Notice that he had bare hands. That's weird for a Cardassian. Normally, he'd have he'd have a uh, human. Uh, yeah, Whatever. So, I think I'm glad that Ames went with it. The fact that Yorks <laughs> discussed it and Ames went with it. It's just so weird for you two to be in sync like this. Yay! It's very strange. I sh- they should have kept him on board. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Yeah, so we. All right, Spock. I was gonna say that's why it's because we're both thirsty. <laughs> so Belana, who comes in and out of consciousness throughout the episode, and she says, "Okay, if it's gonna be Chromaset or even any of the." information that we ever got from Krelmaset, which is in Starfleet's data banks, I refuse to let you treat me. And Janeway says, over-fucking-ruled! Captain out! Uh, doctor, do your surgery on Bolana. Uh, meanwhile, the, the other critters of this race are coming asking for him, and we can't understand what they're saying because they, t- they speak in screeches and mumbles. But it's our own fault because we sent them a message. Like, help. Yeah, yeah, but they came here and they're not gonna help. They just, they just, they seem to just want their guy back, but but their guy is permanently affixed to Balana. Like, he's got tendrils down in her kidneys and shit. You can't just rip that off. lungs. Yeah, no. No thank you. So Chromaset realizes, okay, if we, if we stab it here with some kind of device, uh, it'll eventually let go. And the doc says, you're, but that will kill it. Let's not do that. And Chromaset says, sometimes you have to kill some things to make an omelet. (laughs) The doc says, stay out of my kitchen, god damn it. So the doctor manages to say, Chromoset, step over there for a second while I not kill this thing. I was just thinking, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs and like, Neelix is furiously taking notes. No! (laughs) Break the eggs? So they finally, they remove the the critter from Balana. they beam it back to its friends, they're happy, they leave. We never learned learned a thing about them other than they exist and they're kind of cool. Balana is fucking pissed that this is the way that that they went and Janeway has to you know basically tell her I needed you as a crew member and I have uh, the total authority on your life so enjoy that that feels wrong (laughs) and then the doctor goes over to Chromaset after you know being told deal with it doc this is your this is your puppy now go oh go old yeller the old boy and after Masset's like, yeah, but my studies can help you guys save people, even though they were done in really horrific ways, and it's unethical, but the ethics flip over when you're using it to save people, and holy shit, this is a complex conversation to have. Oh, no, we've, we've deactivated him. We'll never see him again. The end. And everybody's happy except Caitlin and Ames. So there's one thing about this episode that made me super uncomfortable. Tom covered in mud. No, not that. One of the unintended messages of this episode is maybe racism is okay. 
In which way? Because a bunch of people are like, I don't trust him because he's a Cardassian. And the doctor's like, wow, that's fucking narrow-minded of you. But then he turns out to be a monster. Okay, but the thing is, like, you could say that about every episode with a Cardassian. Yeah, or a say, Klingon like, sometimes. Like, nine times out of ten, being racist against Cardassians turns out to be an accurate reaction. But, like... But do it! But we learned about this in season oh, one right. of DS9! Oh, right. Well, I, I don't know. That's the thing. I think this episode's actually a pretty interesting pairing with Duet, because, it, you know, they both tackle mm. very complex questions of moral and ethic ethical debates. Yeah. One thing I thought, though, speaking of Duet, is, I, for me, this episode almost felt like another instance of a DS9 script that got in the wrong pile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like... They had to introduce a one-off character to be a, a Bajoran that would recognize him. When yeah. it's like, wouldn't it have been better if it was like Major Kira that had the alien on her and, ah. you know, Julian? No, because then Kira would have committed like ritual suicide after she found out why, how she was yeah. saved. She'd have you know? blown up the station. Oh, wait, that's Jane. <laughs> I mean, I guess at that point you would have had to make it so that the real guy is dead mm. so that you would need a hologram of him as yeah. opposed to just getting him. Like, here's the thing. It is, like, a complex debate about all the shit, right? But we still use shit that we learned from the Nazis all the fucking time. Like, I understand... Nazis hell, the Tuskegee experiment. I don't know what that is, There's a Japanese one, too. Well, the Tuskegee experiment was in the United States. Yes, I know. (laughs) You don't even need to go to Nazis. I thought you said Nazis hell. You said Nazis... Hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't even need to look at the Nazis. Just look at well, us. But but if we want to make the comparison and call this guy... No, I know. Oh, no, yeah. like, Nazi scientist doctor number one. But what one. I mean is it, it, it's so convenient to always kind of fall back on Mengele. And, it's, and again, even the show chickens out and doesn't talk about human experimentation we did. And mm-hmm. it's just like, we used to experiment on like chickens and shit. And it's like... Yeah, really? Yeah. You're gonna you're well, gonna the, not nut up and well, say the thing, it. Well, the thing is, like mm. the Tuskegee, from what I understand, and I'm not. I don't know anything about it. Can you tell okay, me so from like the, the beginning? The Tuskegee experiment was the U.S. government basically just went to this, you know, basically a black community and took all these black men, some of which had syphilis and some of which did not, and said, "Okay, we're gonna put you in this syphilis experiment where we're gonna try to figure out how to cure your syphilis." Oh no, they didn't even tell them. Oh, that's true. They and did. Some of them were intentionally they did, yeah, infected, true. I believe. They told them that it was like an experiment to research something. Yeah, right? they were t- completely lied to about what it was. And basically, for the next forty plus years, the U.S. government did not treat these people syphilis, even though there were effective treatments for syphilis. Yeah, but that shit kills you. What the yeah. fuck, you well, assholes? So, they, so, like, they just basically they they wanted to see, like, oh, are these other things that aren't the cure for syphilis effective at treating syphilis? And a bunch of people died, and it was horrible, and, like, it took until the 90s, I think, before the government, like, apologized for it, but from, like, the 40s to the 70s or something, it was uh, it was a big thing. But yeah, they're obviously going for a Mengele thing. Yeah, and, the and like, another one, another good example that I was reading about is, like, and again, I, I not a doctor, don't know very much about it, but I Dr. but I have read he's the wearing, internet. He's wearing the mirror on the head thing. Um, That's how you know he's a but doctor. But like, <laughs> essentially, a lot of what we know, to like we as in science, Jake, Doctor Jake, <laughs> uh, about how people react in freezing temperatures and hypothermia, comes from research that was done at Dachau. Oh, good. Where was that the one of that the one, one of the death camps? Okay. Where basically. The Nazis, not Mengele specifically, but other Nazis, basically were like, okay, we know we're going to go 
to war in Russia. So we want to. It's wanted, cold there. It's cold there. Very so we want to know how our shoulders are going to deal with the cool freezing temperature. And they just let a bunch of people freeze to death and like die from exposure. And then after the war, the allies and everyone you know who got access to this research were like, "Oh wow, this is really good research because it you know it's well documented. It, they're well constructed studies, and we could never do this because it fucking kills people and it's horribly unethical." But We'll just ignore that part, and you know we'll we'll just use this research, it, and it's yeah, still it, in it use doesn't, today. It doesn't make the science untrue. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what frustrated me about this episode. And then, of course, I mean, this isn't medical science, but how many Nazi rocket engineers worked for NASA? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the one that we? Who, who do we meet in For All Mankind? Oh, uh, Von not, Braun. I always want to say Van Gelder, but he's yeah. the madman Von, Von Braun from was like, TOS. I thought you were going to say, I always want to say Van Gogh, and I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, so there is... Not even close. <laughs> like, that's the thing, is there's just so much example, so many real-world examples of us utilizing unethically sourced and should, science. And should we wipe our history books because of it? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, there's a couple arguments, right? Or so science like, books, really. So, like, one argument is that, you know, this this... Research was unethically obtained. It is forever tainted, and we should not use it. That's crazy. But then the other argument is this this research was unethically obtained. People died or were seriously injured in the acquisition of it, and we should not minimize their perhaps unwitting or unwilling sacrifice. We should, you know, respect that sacrifice and use the research that they suffered and died for. Yes, that one. But, you know, there's that's a huge ethical debate. I know, you know, none of us around the table have any connection to the Holocaust. None of us are Jewish or have family that was that was directly impacted. So it's or Tuskegee for that matter. So it's, you know, it's it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, yeah, no, no, we should use this research. But I think that there's, you know, we're probably not well-equipped to to make that judgment on our own. Yeah, you just shared with me, and I'll share this on the Facebook, because there's a great article from a couple years ago out of BU where they had this atlas of, like, just all the stuff that that was learned, or, you know, some stuff that was learned from various experimentation, and they had, like, great detailed diagrams of the body and stuff that the Nazi scientists came up with. And in a certain book that was in BU... They, Boston University. Yeah, Boston University. Thank you, Jake. At the, had, like, the signatures of the scientists with little swastikas and SSs around them and, like, little hearts around the swastikas and shit like that. <clears throat> um, and in some copies of that book, those are airbrushed out. But the one at BU, they realized, oh, shit, this one's got all the swastikas in it. This one's got all this, all the clear paraphernalia in it. Who was drawing little hearts around swastikas? <laughs> Hitler? He's like, doo, 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 doo. Like, what the Wait, fuck? there were literally... Not hearts. That's what I thought, but, with... now I, but I realized I should probably oh, I check. thought we meant no, it. The, I was like, the, the other stuff was real. Yeah. And someone said, you need to remove this because it's Nazi stuff, but also you need to preserve this because it's actually really good information that doctors use all the time. Yeah, well, the same thing Same thing with the, with the exposure stuff. It's just like, yeah, this was very... So, like, here's the thing, though, right? A lot of that unethical research it turns out that it was bad research to begin with like the mm. tuskegee stuff not useful research it was not like it was wasted all that time and all those people that suffered and died died for nothing because the research wasn't done well and they didn't learn anything useful 
you know, and like the uh, Mengele's twin studies, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, in that case, from what I understand, again, layman here, not a ton of that research was particularly useful beyond eugenics experiments, right? <laughs> but on the flip side, you have research like the, the book uh, with the illustrations that, you know, again, it's like some of the best illustrations of human anatomy, but they're from fucking, pit, you know, drawings of Holocaust victims. And then you have, you know, the exposure experiments, which was well done research where they murdered people to get it, but the research was still good. So it's like, how do you reconcile that shit? Yeah, what they said in the, in the article, and one of the co- co-authors of this article was a, was a rabbi who had a lot of like personal stake in, in this kind of stuff was you insert like a like a plate in the book with the context mm. because it is important to share where it is where it is came from if you're going to use it. That's what I was gonna say is like I feel like if you are going to use it, airbrushing out where it came from is cowardice. Yeah. I just feel like it goes back to needing to teach ethics in schools and things like where you're oh, God, having yeah. scientists like Oh goodness yes. That's the whole thing. I feel like you should have to say like, hey, here's this thing that's super useful, and here's where it came from, and here's, like, how not to fucking be like this and repeat this bullshit. I don't know. It sounds like CRT to me, Kate. They, they yeah. actually did a study at MIT showing that they're Massachusetts under- Institute of Technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, being fair, there is the Myanmar Institute of Technology, so... No, there really is. I know. Anyway, I was just... She's making fun of me. I know. I know. But they, they did a study... And they found that their undergraduates were graduating with worse ethics than they'd come in with, which is fucking terrifying. Mm. Well, because everybody turns into a mad scientist at MIT. The best of mad scientists. Of course, this is also the school that decided to invite Henry Kissinger to speak about ethics and AI. Oh, Two fields he is in no way qualified to speak on. Yeah, I'll pass on that lecture. Piece of shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... Interestingly, one thing that I thought this episode was missing, and, and kind of why I feel like it would have been better as a DS9 episode, is... Garrick. <gasps> yes. Well, no, sort of. Sort of. Is, so we, we had to introduce this, basically a background character as... Oh, Tabor? Tabor, to be this, this Bajoran guy that recognizes uh, Maset. Maset? Maset, yes. Okay. Uh, was, there also, was there also a Gull Maset? I think... There that's was something di- similar. Oh, but... okay. I was like, this, this, that can't be right. Um, I love when Star Trek doesn't actually bother to make up new names. Right. I mean, it's a it common was, name. That's the thing. It's like, well, it's, it, could be. it makes it's, it more It's the real... Smith of, of Cardassian. Okay, it's, it's a little more realistic, though, because there are, you know, have surnames that are similar, but not exact, mm. you know. But anyway, they, um, so they, they, they introduce this character, and then, you know, he, he complains to Chakotay, basically, and, and that kind of gets the ball rolling on this. But then he doesn't really show up much else in the episode, which, oh, to, which to me feels like they lacked, they, they lost that perspective and yeah. kind of made they it about... They gave that perspective to Balana. Yeah. It was contagious. Yeah. Well, but wasn't he also the one at the beginning who was like bitching and moaning that Seven was in charge of engineering well, that's, too? that's just so he wouldn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, they, but like I found that almost invalidating to his really serious and like good point later on. Well, here's the thing though. I think it... I think what the writers are trying to do is set up that he and Bellana, because he's he's also not only is he be, being a shit to Seven of Nine, he's also saying like, well, Bellana also would have been a shit to you, and mm-hmm. so I think what they were trying to establish is that he and Bellana are kind of racist, and they, they don't and like Seven. Super tight, like racists usually are. Yeah, they're like they're they're, they're so that way when 
Bellana is upset that she's being treated by a Cardassian, and when he's upset about the Cardassian, your initial thought is, well, that's just because they're prejudiced, right? They're 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 former Maquis mm-hmm. who look at the they're in the same bubble. Yeah, who look at the Cardassian as like a monster, like in that in that way. When the doctor's like, oh come on, not all Cardassians, they can kind of dismiss what they're saying. But then, of course, research, and that's the other thing I thought kind of lacked was that like. All that happens off screen where they do their investigation, uh, you know, and they find, you know, oh, well, he requisitioned these viruses and then a bunch of people got sick. And like, I don't know, I felt like the most interesting part of this to me was that the Maset hologram did not have knowledge of this. Oh, that's right. very true. Yeah, he was literally just a, a, a compilation of the knowledge of his science background. But... And I feel like they under what they did to kind of undercut that was to have him be a little bit mad sciencey when yeah. it's like, oh well, sometimes you gotta use a fucking torture med- med- medieval tool to yep. slice open an alien. Well, that that's what also kind of confused me too was like he's just an interface. So yeah, I mean he's some of his knowledge, but he's also just the Federation xenobiological database. Yeah, like what. With, with, with a Cardassian face. Yeah, like, how much of the knowledge was actually Dr. Evil's and how much was just Federation data? Dr. Evil. See, I keep thinking to myself, like, okay, if Tabor and, and Torres are going to make this big sink over, you have this knowledge in your database that's, that has come from Cardassian war crimes. Expunge them from your system. They had fucking better... If and when they get back to Federation space, the first thing they say is, Hey, Starfleet, wipe your records of all of this stuff. And if they don't, I'm going to be pissed. Well, and like, here's the thing. Masset makes a really good point at the end before he gets shut off. I think he said this, or maybe I'm projecting it. But he said I felt, uh, when he's talking to the dark, he's like, Well, if you're going to delete my program because the research was unethically sourced, then you have to delete half of your database, too. Because... Like, the history of medical science is a history of unethical shit being done to people. So to cherry-pick me because I have this face is is kind of... Fucked up. Fucked up. Just put him in some clown makeup. <laughs> like, you know. Well, I mean, He's a hollow a... character. You could literally say when, when Tabor says, Oh, Cardassian, I don't like it. You just program him to look like Neelix or yeah, something. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, oh, if God, they had I like chosen, it even less now. <laughs> if they had chosen any other avatar... For that program, yep. it wouldn't have been a problem, or it would have been a problem. Just nobody would have known about it. I guess this this really does what just are these swastikas doing here? <laughs> really does just point to the uh, really like just just the Federation sucked when it came to Cardassia and Bajor. Oh yeah, because they. I mean, we said it before. Except like for Jellico, Jellico knew where it was at. <laughs> um, like they clearly ignored the Bajoran plight because they're cowards. And then, like, they obviously weren't paying any attention, because Starfleet Intelligence should have known this guy. They knew nothing about him beside the official Cardassian line. Like, how little attention were you paying to these people? You pompous, jumped-up windbags. They were paying a lot of attention. They just wanted to make sure to be on the winning side. Very Mm. American of them, in a way. Also, uh, correction, it wasn't Jellico that knew what was up with the Cardassians. It was fucking Maxwell. (laughs) Justice for fucking Maxwell. True. Jellicoe knew what was up with Troy's horrible uniform. Yes, that's, that's, that's the that's thing. True. Maxwell was just what trying greater, to... Who, what crime was greater? Everything that Krell was doing or that fucking outfit? The outfit, for sure. <laughs> Maxwell was Woo! just trying to make up for the fact that Starfleet Intelligence is the worst intelligence agency in the Alpha Quadrant or the Beta Quadrant, and I'm including 
fucking Romulan intelligence when I say that. It's a fake. But yes, the actual technical aspects aside, you you have to kind of ignore those for the actual ethical center of the story to work, and I'm willing to do that. Yeah, Yeah, which it's a a great debate to bring up, to to present to your watchers at home, to be like, this is something that's in fucking human life too, guys. Remember, remember remember sci-fi is a lens for for real life, that's how it works. It's it's there for lasers and uh, FTL. Dragons. Here's the thing, though. I find using unethically sourced medical knowledge less fucked up than Janeway deciding that she gets to override a patient's... That was pretty weird. Like, that's fucked up. She was of sound mind. She was able to make her own decision. There's no reason why that should have happened. That was way more fucked up. And I also feel like, not just that, but the doctor going along with it. Because I feel like the doctor's ethical subroutines would have... It did in Tuvik's. Yeah, exactly. He turned, like, he turned like off and said, "I won't do this." Yeah, no. I can't. I can't be ordered. But here's, but here's the drug. <laughs> I was also weirded out by the fact that even once they were on to the real thing, he was still letting Gull what's it use the scalpel. It's like, um, yes, yeah, a tool. Why are comfortable we using the better tools now? You fucking psycho. See, that would have been an interesting way to do this episode is, and like, it really would have painted Janeway into a, a dark place. Is I'm if, all for that. Is That's if fun. the doctor refused to go against Bellana's wishes, so she shut him off and had Masset do it anyway. Mm. Oh, that is dark. And it also upholds the doctor that way too, because you feel like he generally tries to do the right thing. Yeah. So I feel like that would... Well, it would have been consistent with his what he did in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I don't know, I also find that at the very end, the doctor shutting off Massette's program and deleting it, I don't know, it I doesn't... Sit it's a meaningless quite, gesture. Yeah. They've still got the information in the, in the databanks. Well, I think the show wants you to understand that, though. Yeah. They, they, they removed the information from the databanks. They did? No, yeah. Well, if he said delete, delete medical... Uh, advisor program, whatever it was and called. And some algorithms, but he didn't and, say anything I about and, 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 and I forget what the exact phrasing was, and something related to it. Yeah, I think the implication was that everything got deleted. Oh, well, that's fucking dumb. But I also think that, like... You run into another exo-whatever, they're big shit. I think... See, I'm a little angry with Janeway in this episode. A, because she went against Bellana's thing and, like, ordered the doctor to, to do the procedure... But then she abdicated the decision to delete Massette's program yeah. to the doctor. And then, like, basically just told Balana, fuck you for being mad at me for violating yeah, your that's, wishes. That's like, an that's order extra. get over it, bitch. Yeah. Like, it was one thing to be like, I'm the captain, this is a bad decision, but I'm going to make it. It's another to be like, fuck you, I saved your life. You don't like, get to have feelings about this. Ooh, this is... Ooh. And, like, this is, this is like... You didn't honestly, save my though, life, you ruined I, I, my I'm, death. I'm angry that... I'm angry about the decision that, that Janeway made because I think it was an unethical thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that that it was made in this episode because it humanizes Janeway to the extent that it's like, yeah, she if she lets her chief engineer die, yeah. they're fucked. Like the whole crew is fucked. I wish there was. I wish the episode showed more of that moral dilemma. Mm. And oh, like, that's a good point. That would have been like, a good her and Chakotay chatting it out sort of thing, almost. Oh yeah, because yeah, Chakotay would have an interesting perspective. Yeah, on he, it. he's, it's very, it's very Tuvixy because it's like the whole crew. Like, yeah, killing Tuvix was a fucking horrible decision to make, but it's, but 
in Janeway's view, having it was worth it to get Neelix and and uh, Tuvok. Yeah, back. we saw her her internal debate, and we and we, we saw that it was didn't see it as much in this episode. Not in this and episode. I feel like it was missing a little. And I know it was probably missing for time, but yeah, they wanted to focus more on the Doctor's yeah, dilemma. How how many ethical debates can you fit in one episode? <laughs> yeah, so like I don't really fault the episode for for not including it, but I um I, I am glad that it happened, and that I think for. The character of Janeway, yes, it makes Janeway a little ethically compromised, but it also adds additional depth to Janeway. Yeah. See, I also give credit to those kinds of decisions because your characters shouldn't be perfect. Yeah. Because that's fucking boring. Yeah. That's why a lot of the TNG characters who never make mistakes, they're always moral, moral, high groundy kind of characters... We'll talk. We'll talk about later this this episode about those kinds of decisions that they that they make. How they're always like the best ones. Like they can't be. That's not, yeah. that's boring television. And I, I'll I'll say that I think the one aspect that I did not like Tom was, covered in mud. No, damn it. Was Janeway like I loved that Belana got emotional and screamed at Janeway basically and said you have no right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was wonderful. I thought. Janeway acting sanctimonious about it was the wrong decision. I feel like they fucked up, like they they fumbled at the goal line. Yeah, by not having Janeway, like maybe maybe reshoot that scene from Janeway's perspective, and then have her maybe behave sanctimoniously towards Belana because she has to portray this air of I'm the captain and I know what's best. But then she leaves the room and like has a breakdown or like like in Tuvix, like in Tuvix, like she leaves she leaves the room after making. Tuvok and Neelix into things again and then goes out in the room and just it's all in her face. Yeah. It's face acting. Yeah, like and like exactly and we know Mulgrew can pull that off. Yeah. So show it to us and because like it kind of makes Janeway seem like a big asshole at the yeah. end because oh, like yeah. I'm I'm I do not respect yes, you can be angry at me, Belana, but I don't respect that. Get get, you know, you know, suck it up and get back to work when you can. But it just it seems it makes her seem very robotic and yeah. you know not you know i can say I, uh, spock would behave that way you know yeah <laughs> yeah it feels like a fuck up for a character they've shown makes hard decisions but isn't callous about them yeah but yeah, in this exactly. one she just seems kind of callous it feels wrong but again for her I, I got i think that it's just i think it was a production issue because yeah. the, again like you said they wanted to focus on the doctor and his issue and not janeway yeah so maybe like yeah, there's little in this episode that you could cut to add in anything more. Yeah. See, I think it would have been way more interesting. That's another thing that could have been more interesting is if the doctor made the call mm. to go for go go forward with the treatment. Without and what would Janeway have said? Would Janeway have said it's up to you, doctor, or what? Maybe Janeway says you have to respect the patient or something. I don't know. Maybe no, Jane... not with the next episode being so. True, uh, <laughs> true. You can't have two. Uh, what is it called? Uh, insubordination episodes in mm, a row. True. Plus, then we have to deal with his insubordination, and there's just no room for that. There's just too would take too long. They push. He puts the doctor in the brig for thirty days, and, <laughs> just, just, and just, everyone just... dies. There's like an outbreak <laughs> of some kind of flu. Tom, you're the doctor again. Oh no, they I'm just they the just tra- transfer his program back to sick bay whenever there's an emergency. <laughs> They, they Worse yet, they get Krell. They're yeah. like, here. Yes. Yeah. They, they, I guess, could have spent a little more time. Not much, obviously, because, again, there was, this was pretty packed. But, you know, they did sort of mention in passing, like, 
do we actually, can we be sure of how able she is to make a sensible decision when she's got this thing, like, so tied up in her systems? Torres, you mean? Yeah. It wasn't in her brain. It was in her lungs. No, it was in... Those are systems. Still, it was all over the place, so they don't really, you know, they can't be sure. Maybe it does have some sort of weird connection. All I know is when they were... When they first beamed it aboard, it's like, oh no, Janeway's babies are here for revenge. Oh, it was it was cute-ish. Mm-hmm. I I know that we saw I knew very you were gonna say that we saw very little of it, but and that was a shame. I also know poor Dawson, the poor thing, hated working on this episode because she, she was wear that fucking suit stuck on the table, not moving under a really uncomfortable rubber puppet. Yeah, so it's probably heavy and hot. Yeah, because it's also got the little inflators in there to make right. it look like it's breathing, even though you barely saw it. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember noticing it. Like, I, I, I will say I remember noticing it a couple times. So. Oh, that's good. One thing I did notice, too, speaking of, if we were on more technical things, they did a really bad job on Tabor's nose. Who? Oh, the Bajoran kid? I didn't oh. notice. Oh, didn't God, notice there's that. one scene especially where they do a close-up on him, and it's like, you just you just put some putty on the bridge of his nose and put some lines in. But that's how that's how you do it. No, no, what I, mean, <laughs> it like, I think the other one It wasn't have, well... You know, it's like, an, it's like a sculpted... Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't well integrated. Like it was obviously just slapped on this kid's face. And like you'd think that like if they didn't have, I mean obviously they probably didn't have a nose that was fitted for that actor. That's probably why. they. But like if you're gonna have close-ups of him, Mm. fucking spend the extra money. And That makes me want to try out a Bajoran nose sometime. Because it's actually not that difficult. Not really, no. Just take like a little life cast of this part of your face and... Well, I was just putty. I was just thinking directly apply the oh, putty make, and just oh, like shape it hurt? in and then just I yeah. see I'd make it prosthetic. Well of course you would. You have a three D printer. <laughs> but yeah, no, and there's skills and know-how. I guess it wasn't too bad in most of the wide shots, but there was just this one close up where it's just like this is trash. Yeah. Plus normally the lines like are sort of almost V shaped kind of. And his just seemed to be straight across. And it was just like this Cur- is lazy. Your curved lines. <laughs> Can, can, okay, here, okay. So while we're while we're being uh, nitpicky about uh, aesthetic things in the episode, I think the thing that pissed me off the most about this episode is this whole fucking time I've been defending the hollow imager because I thought it took like hollow images. Oh yes, you did. Not just fucking photographs. <laughs> it be, let's be fair. Maybe it could still be both, and he was just choosing to project them that way because yeah. he's artistic. I don't know. Yeah, the fact that you it was just a PowerPoint. I was like, I was like. Mm. No, not fun. Should have been, should have been like, it should have been like little holodeck dioramas. Is what oh, it should yeah. have been. That's, that's a good point. And then you have an actual Tom covered in mud. Yeah. You can poke him. Take pictures with it. <laughs> like at Madame Tussauds. Uh, but overall, I don't know. I think, I, I think this episode was really well done. Yeah, very good. They handled the topic really well. There's a few, obviously, I mean, there's always going to be a few things to, to bitch about. Yeah. But And again, we can't on the way over, like, and there's no good or easy answer, because if there was an easy answer, there wouldn't be an ethical dilemma. Yeah, right. and there wouldn't be an episode. And because I don't, I didn't, I don't even, I don't know if I had seen this episode before uh, this viewing, because I don't remember any of it. Yeah, but not familiar to me. It was fucking telegraphed because the second I saw they had a Bajoran character in that scene with someone, <laughs> and I, you, you can vouch for this. I said, "Oh, the 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 uh, it's going to turn out that." The this guy's gonna see the Cardassian and freak out. Yep, which is exactly what happened. Yep, 
Oh, you were also asking during the during the episode watching Jake about do, do they have a new um, director of photography or something because oh, the yeah. filming is different. I noticed I noticed that not just in this episode but in the last couple episodes they've been using a lot more hand doing a lot more handheld shots. Huh. So I was wondering if there was like if they got a new DP or, or something because just <laughs> did the Blair Witch Project just come out? Is that <laughs> why this happened? Maybe I don't know, but yeah, because there was like this whole. It was like, I think it might have even been a one shot from a big chunk of the scene in the conference room when they're kind of arguing about the the moral situation. Mm. And it's I think it's a one shot while everybody's arguing. Then it's not until Janeway kind of puts her foot down and is like, no, no, we're going through with it. That it's, it finally cuts to us like a, a shot. Yeah, I think for this episode, it was definitely a conscious decision of the director, uh, David Livingston. Because it's such a talky-talky episode, mm. like, there's so much debate happening in the Cardassian holodeck, in the med bay, in the conference room. They're just always talking, talking, talking. And I know whenever I listen to um, Delta Flyers, Robbie, who's also a director and thinks about things from a very much director point of view, has said, something in your shot always has to be moving. It's either the people in the shot, the camera... Or the emotion. Mm. And for this one, I think they, like Livingston specifically said, we're going to find ways to be, like keep moving so that nothing is boring to watch. So that there's always something keeping the eye engaged. And I think that's why Jake mm. noticed it, particularly this episode. And then Michael Bay took the wrong lessons mm. from that. Yeah, I mean, the thing I is, I, like, yeah, this episode didn't have a ton of action, but to, for me, this is like Star Trek at its best. Yeah, no, yeah. This is the type of shit they should be doing. This is one of my favorite episodes it could of this be, series, I would say. It could be even like, maybe they didn't get a new DP, maybe they just got a new camera. Maybe they got a better... Something that could <laughs> move in those closed sets. Yeah, maybe like there had been... Like, I don't know enough about the history of television cameras, but maybe there'd been recently like some sort of new one that was cheaper or lighter or like, you know, mm. more people were able to get their hands on it, whereas previously it would have been prohibitively expensive. Yeah, because I've seen like, when you look at the shooting sets for like TNG... They were all closed sets, so like they're all like full sets, and they would just like remove a wall yeah. to get the shot. They need where they would have to set up all their lights and, yeah. and equipment. Uh, so maybe yeah, maybe they had a smaller, more portable camera where they could actually do like a steady cam. Yeah, steady cam. That was the word. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think of the term <laughs> steady cam this yeah, whole time. It could be yeah, that just uh, you know they finally were given some money by UPN or mm. again maybe there'd been a. Technology New. was advancing a lot at this time. Like, this is probably right around the time Star Wars came out. Uh, and that was, like, one of the first movies to do digital uh, shooting instead of film. Yeah. We're all the worse for it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think, I think that... The, well, not the digital, yeah, no. the quality Sorry, of Yeah, no, the quality of the cinematography was good on that movie, but... I mean, for all the people bitch about it, once it got smaller and cheaper and this and that, it really helped democratize filmmaking. Because yeah. one of the most expensive parts of filmmaking was film. film and developing it yeah filming it development yeah now you just have like a big upfront cost or a rental for yeah. the camera itself and then you know however many memory cards you need yeah so like like so many innovations it was really just classism that was upset now you have like <laughs> like actual television shows that are filmed on you know prosumer uh cameras and yeah stuff. yep on what kind of camera like Professional pro consumer. consumer, like, like you know, nice SLR cameras and stuff like that. Not stuff that you like. You would expect that, like, a movie camera to be in the hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. 
but you can get almost that level of quality with with stuff you can buy for a few thousand dollars now. Yeah, so it's still quite expensive, but more within reach than yeah. it used to be. Not to say that there isn't still a huge market for million-dollar oh, million sure. cameras. Sure, sure, sure. There's still people that insist on using film, for Christ's sakes. Anywho. Anywho. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to bring up is that it was it was very nice to see such a non-human alien. And mm. I know, like, they kept saying over and over again, you know, it's a very intelligent species. Obviously, it can fly a ship, so it's sapient. Yep. Uh, it can communicate in, in its own way. But I like how they mentioned how it flies its ship. Yeah. Which, is, which was through some kind of chemical, chemical thing. Yeah. So it's, like, actually in there, like, hooked up to its ship, and it's using its actual body to fly it. Mm. Cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, we don't it's see... Like the... The Jaegers in Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. No, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Speaking of Pacific Rim, the ocean. Yay! Oh, you found the segue, Chris. What a weird segue. Yeah, so so we're going to go from Cardassia straight into the ocean. We're on vacation with Doc and his hollow imager going to the beach. Uh, let's talk about 30 days. All right, we start off. We start off this episode doing a frame story device, which I usual I usually like frame story devices, and I think this was a good use of one. They start off, I and mean, we see Tom going and getting himself demoted to Ensign. Janeway is obviously pissed about something. He goes to the brig. He's going to be in solitary confinement, which is still a thing in Starfleet. Yeah, somehow. that bothered the fuck out of me, but we'll talk Holy about it. Holy shit. Going to solitary confinement for 30 days for whatever it was he just did. And he starts up a little little a hollow recording for his dadums at home to say, Hey dad, I'm in prison. Let me tell you the story. So you don't judge me even though you already are. Fuck you, dad. And then, and then through this little, little framing device, it tells the story of what happened with Tom. And what happened with Tom is we're... Playing uh, Captain Proton some more, which is lots and lots of fun, and Garrett or um, uh, Harry is about to play with the Delaney sisters, which is his new kink. Um, but suddenly, oh no, some other thing is happening. We go to the to the bridge. No, we go to the bridge, not the brig. The bridge, and we're checking out this new ocean planet, and it's like all water, which seems fucking impossible. And they say this is really cool. Who wants to go for a dip? Let's go check it out. We go down there. We meet the inhabitants, the Monians. And they say, hey guys, uh, sure, you can look at our planet a little bit. And there it is. It's all water. We're cool. But you know what's one thing that kind of sucks about our planet, our water planet here, is that it seems to be losing water every Mm. increasing rate, which we're not cool with. And everyone on the Voyager says, we'll help, because that's what they do. They love helping. So they send Tom in, in the Delta Flyer, with our new friend Riga, who's their Monian scientist friend. Who seems like a derp. Yeah. Am I wrong? Like, he just seems like he's a little bit derpy. He looks kind of like a little, like, rodent creature. The actor, the actor that played him, he plays a really fun character on Stargate. Um, who oh, was he that guy? Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the, the writer guy? The writer guy. Oh, I love that episode. He's in a few episodes. Yeah, I love his episodes. He's always fun. Him aside, yeah, so we splash down into the water. We're checking everything out. We're going for a swim. And we say, oh, we figured out something in your water that's not going well. There's this big, looks like a big big COVID-19 virus in the water. But it's a little metal thing that's like... uh, A vinculum. I I forget what the fuck they called it. They called it something, but it's unimportant. I'll just call it the MacGuffin for now. And they say, oh, let's let's, uh, see if we can regulate this MacGuffin thing by giving it some power, and that seems to help the waters a little bit. And they're like, good, well, if we just keep doing that, we'll be okay. 
And Tom and the other scientists go up to Voyager and say, yeah, bad news, that's not the only fucking problem with your water planet. The other fucking problem with the water planet is that you guys have been mining it for the oxygen in the water, which is screwing up the balance of the density of the, the water. The motion of the ocean, if you will. Yes, this is the... the Water is heavier than it should be, and it's fucking up this this MacGuffin thing that's keeping it regulated. So if you guys stop harvesting the oxygen from the water, you'll be okay. Yet another, like, uh, environmental issue in Voyager. Mm. Neat. I love it. So we give all these uh, suggestions to the kind of political diplomat guy, Berkus, who just seems like a fucking jerk. And he says, yes, I will take all of these and I will line them my, line my parrot's birdcage with them so that you can shit all over them. And Tom is getting... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That was magic. Yay. Just, uh... And Tom is getting particularly bleeding hard about this whole issue, saying, but I love water so much and it's always been established that my character loves the ocean. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to like put my foot down and say we should help the Monians with their water thing. And Janeway has to say, Tom, there's a prime directive, and they said that they're going to handle it. We can't tell. We can't make them do shit because prime directive. And Tom says, Well, you may not be able to, but I can. <laughs> so he goes and finds Riga and says, Riga. Hop on this high horse. We're going down there. And Riga says, "We shouldn't bring a horse down there. It will drown." <laughs> there it is. Chris has finally been broken. Oh, you're gonna roll this week. Wee! The parrot's okay though. It's a sea parrot. <laughs> you always got it's a, a parrotfish. <laughs> ah. Ah. So, Delta Flyer going in. Tom and Riga. Back in action. They're going to go down there. We're going to destroy a bunch of these oxygen miners. Mining contraptions, not the people. The people they're not going to try to hurt. They go down there, and Janeway in the Voyager is saying, well, we're going to have to attack Tom. And Harry is there having all kinds of crises about this, and I think he should have just left the bridge and hid under the bed. The poor thing. Uh, so Janeway, at the very same moment that Tom is launching his missile-y things at the mining contraptions. Janeway's also shooting torpedo-y things at something in general. And the two meet perfectly underwater, which was very strange. Yeah. And it happens to shut down the Delta Flyer through this shock wave or something. Literal wave. It's the ocean. And they drag Tom back up on a fishing reel and say, Tom, we told you not to do that, and now you know we've undone what you were about to do, so this planet is going to die anyway in five years, so you didn't, we didn't even let you help. You're a uh, bad boy and you accomplish nothing. So this is why you're back in the brig. And it's like, ah, this is where the frame story comes in. And, you know, he sends this this message off to his father about, you know, how I, I stand for something, sometimes dad. The end. <laughs> Harry Kim gets a good jab in on Tom where he's like, when he's writing to his dad and he's like, you never finish anything, you little bitch, just like your dad said. Harry knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, as far as doing a terrorism goes, I'll take Tom over that time wharf back those assholes on Risa. Oh man, fuck mm-hmm. that episode. When I rewatched that, it pissed oh, no. me off so much. Rightly so. Yeah, that's a bad. Well, this is starting to yeah, not feel very doesn't, good. Doesn't feel great after a while. You guys are weird. <laughs> weird. Um. So yeah, before we get to the meat of it, as you <gasps> Captain said, Captain Proton. No, not oh, that. That's it. part of the meat of it. Starfleet wouldn't have 
or shouldn't have solitary, solitary anymore. No, maybe Janeway brought it back. I mean, maybe maybe like military discipline is different. That's still fucked up. It's it the fact that it's still allowed at all is yeah, deeply like, fucked it up. It is very very well known how detrimental to a person that this thing and also is. just it seems to me to be such a fucking waste to have him cool his heels like in the rig where you have to have somebody bring him meals and you have they should to, have beamed in the meals or they should have just like confined him to quarters like they do all the time well like i get you want to punish him so like yeah, take away his computer access, make him scrub out the ion buffers or whatever. With his toothbrush. I mean, Jesus Christ, Lon Suter murdered a guy. And he was only confined to quarters. Yeah. Tom, He's dreamy. Tom committed a minor terrorism and definitely got Riga killed. Like, he was returned to his oh, government God. and they killed the fuck out of oh, him. Oh no, Riga! But uh, he like... No, they might not be... No, they definitely yeah. did. But he also kind of was like, I know the risks and I want to do it. He yeah. was willing to sacrifice himself for the betterment oh, of his people. And it didn't even save his people. No. No, no yeah. they don't deserve him. Well, you yeah. gotta hope that maybe it did draw the attention he was hoping for. I don't know, those fucking... Yeah, no, this planet's doomed, I yeah. know. Yeah. Nice to pretend. Those, uh, those, like those, our planet. Those, hey. um, environmentalists, those oil people that keep trying to destroy priceless artworks these mm. days. Wait, which thing is this? What's this? There's like this group of priceless artwork. Yeah, there's this group of you haven't seen this. They're like uh, anti. Are they full of oil? No, they're like anti 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 oil. <laughs> yes. Climate activists, and they've done a bunch of like, and their whole thing is like making public displays of bullshit and like so like they threw paint at like a van gogh painting and like have been trying to like they the paintings are fine because they're all behind they're all behind glass Mm. but it's like it's it's symbolic like ah and then their whole thing but it really only has been drawing negative attention to the group like like anything PETA does yeah like like it's like okay thank you We, we know about you now but we're not really. We know about you, and we think you're fucking. Yeah, we dumb. think you're jackasses, guys. But like, yeah, I agree with the message. I think, but I guess I don't really know what the message is, other than look at me. I'm being an asshole. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's how it came off on on Riga's planet. Yeah, who knows? I do enjoy that we know nothing about the people that made this ball. Oh, ditto. Yeah, like we get a little bit. Like, hey, here's what we can tell from its database. Shrug. Yep. Because don't you don't need to explain every little detail of everything. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. It's like this is this crazy fucking thing. These people found it. It's their life now. Who the hell? You know, like the fucking relay people. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the same people. Maybe not. Hey. Who knows? Maybe, Those assholes maybe it's the a chase. caretaker. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if they'd gone inside, they would have said, "Oh yeah, we'll send you back to the Alpha." Is, there's a third caretaker in there. Yeah. No, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But yes, Captain Proton and his sparky, sparky jetpack. That was Apparently, great. Apparently, it burst into flames and burned Robbie's bum. Oh, oh God. No. I was wondering if they just superimposed that later, because I was like, that looks like that would hurt. That must have been super, but no. Oh, God. Oh, they did it wrong. Oh, poor, poor oh Robbie. my God. Also, wow, season five, and we finally see the Delaney sisters. Yay, I like yeah. seeing them. Although, acting-wise... Well, they were uh, supposed to be acting in the thing. No, no, no. I Jake, mean, they're twins. I don't think anyone's concerned with their acting. Just the fact that they're both hot in the exact same way. Yeah. I, I do think they were 
And again, I think Ains is right. Like, I feel like they were better off the holodeck. See, I thought they were worse off really? the holodeck. Yeah. Really? Like, when she's like, she's like, Tom, Tom is like, oh, did you finish that thing that I asked? And she's like, oh, no, I didn't. Well, I have to talk to Seven of Nine, but I'll get it done by noontime. Or, I don't know. It's just, it, it felt, it felt like they, they had a casting call and picked the hottest twins that showed up and, and that was how they That's cast it. almost certainly what happened. Yeah. I, I did, uh... And there's Harry ruining it by giving a shit about their personalities or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that felt a little icky too when, when like, when, t- when... Tom's like, they're twins! What yeah. the fuck's What's wrong the with you? What's the difference? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a little first season Tom right yeah. there. Uh, uh, but what else did, when Tom burst in to save him, big, uh... Galahad getting rescued oh, in yes. <laughs> Holy Grail vibes. Yes. Oh, yes. oh there was definitely about Bad to be suit. something something going on. Yeah, that there. was uncomfortable. <laughs> the twins seemed like a little too eager to fuck each other. Mm. Wow. I'll do whatever you say, mistress. Woo! It was a little incesty. Yikes. Yeah, no, I do want not. Don't know. yikes me. I didn't write it. I don't want to know didn't. how much Rick Berman enjoyed I? this. Maybe scene. that's why the Delaney sisters are such legendary figures in Starfleet. Maybe they're not even really sisters. There you go. They're Maybe they're trans- transporter clones. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, by our powers combined, we will have lots oh, of man. creepy Imagine if, like, if that was, if Second Chances, the alternate ending was Tom and Will Riker decide to double to, team to Troy. Do it, to do oh. like, to get into like porn, a porn career. I mean, there is no way. I'm in. There is no way that both of the Rikers do not at some point think I wonder if I could get her to. I, they probably sucked each other off, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Every every guy tries to suck their own dick. I'm saying, if you had a transporter thing. clone of yourself, I'm just saying. I I don't know. I'll n- never say never. <laughs> anyway, sorry, anyway. I caused this. Let me change the subject. Let's talk about that frame story element because I know, like, this script ran so short that they said, oh. "What the fuck are we gonna add?" And supposedly McNeil himself wanted to bring back the the idea of um, his character kind of being rebellious and mm. doing this thing, and he wanted to bring some of that back. And unclear where the let's let's make it a frame story came in, but I liked this one. I'm reminded of oh god, what's the episode with Doctor Crusher trying to solve what happened to Doctor Rega the Ferengi who flew oh, into a sun? I don't know the title, but yeah, that, that one. one. I'm reminded of that one and how that frame story just didn't work. Mm. But this one I really like because they made it kind of this personal thing. You can see Tom wrestling with the same things he talked about back in Threshold, Mm. which was, you know, I want people to respect me, so I want to do respectable things. And it's like, yeah, good. I thought, I did think that, I know it had to happen for the story, I guess. Or maybe it didn't. I don't know. But the whole... Oh, I've always been oh a God. sailor at heart. You know? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Oh, okay. He just means that he likes to go from port to port and have unprotected uh, sex. That's what he means by being a sailor. I, <laughs> not, it's not in the 90s, Austin. <laughs> well, they should, the filthy buggers. They go from port to port. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, though. Oh, God, you just reminded me. Oh, no. The 19th century isn't ancient in the 24th century. Oh, it's this gripe. Yes! Because he called them ancient sailing vessels. I was like, you motherfuckers. No. Stop it. Also, they should have replicated Tom on little skipper's hat. Yes, mm. they should have. <laughs> yeah, and uh, another thing I was reminded of is uh, the joke in Futurama where um, 
where they're like trying to take the the ship in the water into the water <laughs> and they say well how how deep can it go and how many atmospheres or how many atmospheres yeah. going to take in the in the dot and the professor's like well it's a spaceship so somewhere between 1 and 0 <laughs> <laughs> being fair cuz again like Caitlin said a few weeks ago does it need to be aerodynamic this is meant to be a shuttle mm. so it is potentially going to be going to places with heavier atmosphere yeah, yeah. they specifically designed it to go into that weird nebula thing True. and survive why does the federation have a navy well i imagine there's still Boating on Earth? Well, yeah, yeah, like recreational and maybe even commercial, but why is there a Federation Naval Patrol? It's like the Merchant Marine. I don't know, man. It's real. I, I looked it up to see if it ever comes up again. It does not. Yeah. Like, we will hear about navies once more in Enterprise, but that kind of makes sense. I mean, here's the thing, though. So, we, we've well established that the... Earth of Star Trek times is post-scarcity and, you know, there's... Nobody has really has to do a job. Yeah. So that's why so many people end up in Starfleet. Yeah. But I imagine a lot of the people that don't end up in Starfleet, some of them might take an interest in boats. And yeah, so it's like, well, we might as well have a Navy because we have all of these people who otherwise have nothing to do and they like boats. Maybe they're an ecological service. I could see that. Yeah, they just they, they just take care of the whales. Yeah, they go pat penguins. There we Aww. go. That works. I'm I'm down with that. Chris loves penguins. Penguins are good ones. Penguins. And birds in general are great. So penguins are even better. Uh... Oh, so uh, does Bolana ever visit Tom in jail? They let Harry do it briefly for two minutes. Yeah. She didn't want to turn it conjugal. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel so fucking bad for the poor basher that has to. St- Stay in the brig as like the guard or whatever. I mean, there's probably a rotation. Well, I, but it's still, it just seems like on a ship that's under crewed as it is. Yeah, what a waste. Like having just one crew member at every, at any given time just standing around. Because also, I don't know if maybe they only staff it when there's somebody in the brig, but it didn't look like it. Because when mm. they get to the brig, there's already a guy there. And but they were he, expecting him. And then when he leaves the brig, there's, the guy stays behind and is still booping around on the computer. He's so shutting it down. He's playing The Sims. Maybe. I mean, honestly... That's almost as bad as the poor bastards that have to stay in the... Transporter room all day? I was going to say in the Bussard Collector. Oh, I forgot about them. Worst Uh, job on the ship. Yeah, you just throw yourself into the plasma stream for fun, I guess. Well, Fuck, we didn't remember that episode when we were talking about possessions. Oh, yeah. Shit! That was a possession, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. God damn it! Yeah, I thought of another one, too. Wasn't there something that took over Data once and was... Was it the ugly bag of bags of mostly water people? Did they somebody, take him over? Somebody, I feel like, Data said, they can use my body with a mouth to talk to you guys. Oh, yeah, that I forget familiar. who it was. Ames got excited. What anyway, sorry, I got us off course. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What were we talking about? Was but yeah, I'd now? imagine... Uh, the guy. I'd imagine he was already there because, again, they knew they were sending Tom to the brig. Yeah, but still, I just think that's such a waste of, like, just... Confined Tom to quarters. Yeah, Maybe that guy wasn't very useful. We exactly. don't know. Also, not solitary confinement. If there's a guy right outside, he's not room. allowed to talk to him. That's... He's just he just has to stand there and not talk like a British guard. Mm-hmm. How was that? That's a, that seems like punishment too. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like that guy's being punished as well. Yeah, it's like you fucked up your duty. We're not gonna lock you up, but we're gonna make you stare at Tom all day. Tom's going to try to talk to you. 
ad nauseum, you cannot respond. See, here's the thing. Janeway was going to give him the choice of solitary confinement for 30 days, the pillory for 10 days, or 10 lashings from the Delaney sisters. Why didn't he go with that? Yeah, I know. Because Balana would have fucking killed him. That's exactly right. Here's the other thing about this episode that they didn't actually go over in the episode, but it's obvious, is that after Tom got demoted to Ensign, Harry Kim got demoted to sub-Ensign. <laughs> because it's, you know, you can't just... There's no way that, that Tom can't be uh, at the same level as, as Harry. Is he still going to be, like, demoted in the next episode? Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. I can't remember this when it happens, but I'm pretty sure he becomes a lieutenant again, and Harry remains an ensign. So Tom we'll goes from lieutenant, from prisoner in jail to lieutenant to ensign, prisoner in, prisoner in jail, back to lieutenant. The lesson These guys here, will do anything but promote a person of color. Yeah, motherfuckers. The, the lesson here, Harry, is break Tom the law. Got a promotion. Mm. That's right. I'm just. We watched it. Just took him a hundred years. Yeah. But also he probably turned it down like five times. Yeah, very Spockian, like, I do not wish to be captain of a starship. But yeah, seriously, just just break the law and apparently they'll finally notice you, Harry. He tries. Yeah, he tried last week. Well, that that's future Harry. Reality now, got so erased. Yeah. Boo. Sad Harry. I liked how, uh, you know, Harry, Harry was kind of playing along with the... Tom's nautical fantasy, but 709 was like, no. Yeah. I'm not playing your stupid child's game. <laughs> Bosun. <laughs> I like her version of saying, I'll do whatever everyone else is down with, but I, I'm, I, I'm accustomed to siding agreeing, with siding with the collective. I was like, that's a funny way. Yeah, that was a good one. My that. personality is such that I blah, blah, blah. I liked that. Yeah, it's like, that was, that was a very subtle joke and no one noticed. I felt so bad for Riga that he like brought all of his, his, oh, like, yeah, his kit stuff. with him and then suddenly like, we won't be needing that shit. We have better put shit that, on the ship. He looked so sad. <laughs> he was like, oh. Put that garbage in the back of the ship where all the garbage goes. And you sit back there yourself. <laughs> I liked the creature we saw. Mm. The electric eel creature. Yeah. The bigger fish. Mm, yes. Yeah, there was so, I yeah, that whole scene, I was just like, this is... Did, was George Lucas watching this? Seriously, because it predates it by a couple of years. So, or does it? I don't actually know. Or is it, it about contemporaneous? Yeah, because I thought this didn't didn't the series end in like two thousand or something? It ended in like two thousand one. Well, this is no, December 9th, nineteen ninety eight. There we go. So it's okay. all it's a good Remember, six or season, seven months we're earlier. We're still season five. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Yeah, like this would have come first, but that whole sequence had already been in development. So probably. Yeah. Sadly, George yeah, did not. Very, steal but it. yeah, very, very similar echoes of that scene, especially True. when they're passing through like the underwater city. Yeah, it was pretty. It, it was, was pretty. It I... reminded me of a level in Star Fox sixty four. Oh shit! Oh, yeah. You're there right. was that, that polluted yeah, water yeah. episode one. I, Good the luck. whole time, <laughs> I was thinking of. Uh, I feel like there's a scene where like Slippy is like, "It's so beautiful," and he gets Man. like bitched. Slippy was right the up. most useless. Slippy's fucking a thing. frog. He's oh. a sack of shit. He's he get constantly, constantly is in trouble, and you have to rescue his. They're ass. on my tail, Fox. Save me! And you're just like, ugh. Maybe if I just let you die, they'll give me someone competent. I mean, they were all awful. No. Falco was, was an Falco asshole. Falco was an asshole, but he was the best. Peppy wasn't bad. Peppy, you're be, be more like your father. Whatever the fuck he would always say. Yeah. 
Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> you have to bring up dad every freaking day. Speaking of bringing up dad every freaking freaking day. Oh, yeah. Speaking this episode. Yes, Tom's daddy issues. Oh, yeah. He's, he had a weird dream sequence that I thought yeah, was... That was dumb. I never... I almost never think dream sequences belong in an episode. Cutting, so. Plus, cutting to a dream sequence in the middle of your flashback? <laughs> not yeah. a good idea. Because it's... He's like, wait, but when was he... Okay, because then oh, he wakes up in the yeah, prison. Oh, he's so dreaming. Like, okay. okay. Like, it was... Weird. It was clear it was a dream, but then it was like, oh, we've now jumped to... Oh, for fuck's sake. That was a bad idea. Yeah. And also, I mean, nothing was gained from that. At all. Whatsoever. It was terrible. I hated it. Oh, I did like that... Obviously, stuff is happening whilst Tom is in the brig. Yeah. And someone comes in and we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're under attack by such and such. You stay in the brig, though, obviously. And Tom's like, but I want to help. Yeah, but I'm, we get no context, and it's funny. I like yeah. to imagine that it's the water people that are attacking them now. I kind of wondered that myself. Like, are they still pissed? No, the Malon are back. <laughs> These guys kind of remind me of the Malon a little bit. It seems like redundant to have both these people and the Malon. No, because of the environmental yeah, issues. Yeah, because they're both... They're both you know, Captain Planet villains. I mean, I think the thing with them is just, it was less like we're making money off of pollution and don't care, and more we're too bureaucratic to see beyond the ends of our noses. Mm, true. It's, it's a different kind of, like, it's less consciously evil and more just fucking stupid. Well, yeah, it's more realistic. It's more... Because the villains oh. are never are never Captain Planet villains that are just like we will release the toxic waste directly into the preschools air vents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that episode. Julia Roberts would beg to differ. That's true. Okay. What, what the hell was that? Aaron yeah. Brockovich. Brockovich. That's the thing. Is like in reality, both are realistic. <laughs> I mean, true. But like, really, it it's more in action or yeah. like bureaucracy that leads to problems yeah. in reality. Yeah, like with this one there's no clear capitalist motive. They're yeah, just, it's just we're doing inertia. It. Yeah, we're not this inertia. is the way yeah. we always do it. This is the way that works for us. But like Yeah, but once you're told that your shit's gonna be fucked in five years, wouldn't you be more willing to change? Have you heard of this country? Yeah, yeah. Janeway's got a good line she says to uh to Burkus, she says, Are you more concerned with the future of your people on the on on the sh- Shuttle? I think I said shuttle. Who knows what I wrote? Uh, or your own political career. I'm like, ooh. And he was like, obviously my political career, you one. fucking dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think really if they just like had some more plant life in that water, it might have That might yeah. Although, is there anywhere to plant it, I guess, is the problem. It has to float. Do you like floating kelp yeah. and shit, I guess? Yeah. Or just attach it to the sides of your cities and like a, like yeah. a vine. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Big old hydro plant. Yeah, I think a lot sounds of like the, So, like, the problem here was that, like, there was oxygen dissolved in the water that lowers the density of the water. And then they're extracting that oxygen... Which increases the density, but it wouldn't increase the total mass. Wait. Yeah, I didn't follow the science. I, all I understood was this is the cause. Of yeah, I, I, I didn't try to. I was just like, all right, we've got the cause. I'm good. They've, they've established it and we're moving on. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying but to actually wait, though, because if it's, if it's just water that they're removing the oxygen from, doesn't that just make it hydrogen? hydrogen? Well, I don't think it. No, I don't think they're like. Using electrolysis to separate the hydrogen, I assume, maybe. My understanding was that it was like oxygen dissolved in water, like what fish breathe, um, right? 
I, I actually have no idea how fish work. I, yeah. don't, I, thought I guess that, I don't either, but I thought... That, I thought the gills extracted... It doesn't like shit. No, they're no, not. No. They're not. Pre- they're not performing. Yeah, like, they need oxygenated water. Like, yeah. there, there are areas of the ocean that aren't oxygenated and they die. Yeah, and so it's just. It's really just. It's just oxygen. That's stupid fish. Like oxygen molecules <laughs> oh, that are in the water, and you and gills. Yeah. Okay. Dissolved. Dissolved oxygen is absorbed from and carbon dioxide released to the water, which is then dispelled. And yeah, that's what the yeah, gills help do. So I assume do. that's what yeah. their machines are doing is yeah. doing that process, but it doesn't. The the explanation that it is causing more, like, increasing the density would somehow also increase the mass, therefore doesn't putting actually, more strain on the machine. Yeah, it doesn't um, actually make sense. Because they're pooping. Yes, but their food, I mean, it's a closed system, I assume, so it's not like they're adding more mass. I would think they should, I think the machine's just probably broken at the end of the day. Mm, it is pretty old. And, like, honestly, it's a cool place it's a cool place to live i get that but come on guys this is not a sustainable thing it's gonna fail eventually have a plan b there is a planet b because yeah, i was gonna say where's mars you got warp drives you got warp drives you can we can go somewhere else we can find another ocean we could probably even like now that we know that this thing is just like basically a spaceship we could probably move the whole ocean yeah. somewhere ah. else and like deposit it on another yeah, planet. Yeah, they they said their their peoples were primarily nomadic for a very very long time. Yeah. So they're used to and they even well, say like most of us still stay in ships instead of in that pretty settlement that we saw. Yeah. Cuz they like it. The ships were cool. Ships were cool. I like how it's another instance where like they they're at first they're very you know, uh, aggressive, and then like Janeway's like, "Yeah, we could fucking kill you <laughs> yeah, if yeah. we wanted to. We would, we would mop the floor with you, and we didn't. So. And we used all your water for the mop." <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Jane, another episode in which Janeway is very strange because she decides today of all days, I'm gonna uphold the living fuck out of the Prime Directive. Any other week, coin flip. This week, it landed on heads, and I'm going to uphold the fuck out of it. Well, like I said, it's because it ups her chances of blowing shit up. She did mm-hmm. love blowing shit up. You know what it is? And I, I could see it. You know, if if I was, I could see being there on a day. And being, you know what? You know what? You want to fucking kill yourself? Fucking fine. Janeway out. Yeah, but then it's going so far out of her way to stop Tom from doing it to the to the extent that she was prepared to murder to to assassinate Tom and lose the Delta Flyer because mm. of Tom's decision. Yeah. Well, if Tom's dead, nobody else can fly that stupid thing. So <laughs> because of his special no, controls, yeah, special joysticks. So here's the thing, though. Janeway kind of knew what Tom was doing was the right thing to do in like the sense of actually helping these people, but she had to uphold the Prime Directive. If I were her. In that position, look the other way. I would have, no, I would have still fired that torpedo, but I would have like winked at Tuvok and be like, "Make sure it misses." Yeah, yeah. I'm reminded greatly because we're also our blogtivity going to talk more about this kind of stuff. Wink, wink. Don't you now? Wait, <laughs> wait five minutes and listen to the rest of this conversation. I'm reminded greatly of Captive Pursuit, the DS9 episode with Tosk, and how. Cisco technically upheld the prime directive of mm. not interfering with those hunters who are hunting Tosk. But when O'Brien takes it on himself, doesn't get thrown in a brig for any of this, fucking O'Brien. And uh, Cisco says to Odo, oh yeah, go, go stop O'Brien. But you know, wink, 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 extra hard wink. 
Take your time. No rush. In fact, get me a sandwich before you do that, please. Didn't didn't Odo then literally walk really slowly towards the elevator? It was a good time. Mm, a good he stands in the, in the turbo lift and says, and then, oh yeah, the button. Yeah, it's quiet immediately. Um... Yeah, so I don't know. I think it would have been more interesting if... But I guess that would have diminished some of it. Like, Because she could have still punished Tom. She oh, still yeah. could have put him in the brig. Well, he has been a naughty boy. Well, that, that's probably why he was just demoted and put in the brig and not... Airlock? What, shot into the sun? Yeah, not given the, the, the Delaney sister not treatment. The Vulcan goodbye. <laughs> not maybe actually, you know, confined to quarters for two years or something. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See, I'm also reminded another another DS9 episode we discussed a while back. I forget the name of it. It's the one where to, where Jadzia almost dies, and Worf decides to not to to go against orders and save Jadzia instead of doing thing. Like resolution or something? No, I forget the name of it. Um, the one where they're on that planet. The one where they're on that planet full of snakes and shit. Yeah, yeah. And Jadzia gets herself gets herself hurt somehow. Yeah, and they like, it's, um, she gets like Jem'Hadar poisoned or something. Yeah, they like, she, like anticoagulant or something in their weapons. Oh, yeah, so they go through all this effort to save her and then like three episodes later they she cacks it. Sad face. But Fucking the point bullshit. I'm making is that when Worf gets back to DS9, Cisco basically says, dress down, dress down, dress down, wipe my hands of this whole ordeal, fuck you, Worf. But then pulls him aside and says, just on the DL, I would have done the same thing. I love you, man. And then leaves. Yeah. And then bamps out of there. Fist bump. That's why I think like one improvement they could have done on this episode was have it be Janeway that comes to get him at the end instead of Tuvok. Yeah, why was it Tuvok? Because it's because it's a security, it's a security thing. Yeah, but like exactly. it should have been Janeway. But it was she... Janeway in the last episode too, coming to into someone's quarters. To That's true. Thing. I don't know. Yeah, like like I expected there to be a little bit Janeway being like, I agree with everything you're doing, but I can't allow it. And there was none of that. There was only there was only prime directive and mm. how that's the only thing on her mind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like with like with nothing human, there didn't seem to be any conflict in Janeway. Yeah, which is weird because normally there is because <laughs> she's a person yeah. with feelings. Side note: I'm starting to to understand why Robert Beltran hates the show so much. And it's because they just, they don't use him at all. No. Like, he's supposed, he's nominally like the XO, right? Like, he should be doing discipline and stuff. Hmm. And yet. Or at least banging his way through aliens. Or at least one or the other. But he did a little bit of XO stuff in the first episode, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because he was on the dealt with the complaint about, you know, the genocidal maniac. But you feel like they had him do that more just because... Of the Maquis connection yeah. and the XO thing. And then in this episode, he was just completely absent. Yeah. Not, not involved at all. Was he even in it? He might have been seen. But yeah, I, I really, I'm starting to feel really bad for Robert Beltran. Because he's not a bad actor. No. He's actually a really good actor. And like he's, he's, he's well known for having kind of a chip on his shoulder about Voyager. And, and I, you know, people think, oh, he's kind of a dick because he's, you know, he's bitching about the show. But. He kind of gets shafted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like how you look at a lot of like the female characters from TNG as having oh, yeah. a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Marina Sirtis has gone on record saying, I've had so many fucking problems. Mm. And you're like, oh man, did you really hate TNG? And she's like, they treated the women like crap. Yeah, they were mostly two-dimensional and... When they remembered we were characters, they only get made us get like sexually violated. Oh, my breasts yeah. are sore. Oh my god. 
Or Perky, or one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely don't blame them. Mm. Yeah. I think that, like, like, TOS, it was really the three core characters, and everybody else was kind of, like... Present. Present, <laughs> yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally got a lot. Yeah, and, like, I think it worked... And it, you know, it it didn't leave it didn't leave us in the situation where it felt like oh these characters have to have stories about them or personalities that we could establish as different from the other characters. Yeah, and like I feel like TNG and and Voyager both tried to do ensemble shows, but they didn't write them really as ensemble shows as much as they should have. In that we end up with just like you know a few characters that get a lot of stories about them mm-hmm. and then a lot of characters that maybe get a story about them every once in a while but most of the time are just kind of there yeah ds9 i think was the only one that really succeeded in being an ensemble show and having all of the characters seem to get pretty equal coverage in terms of in terms of the writing yeah it's mm-hmm. why i'm i'm looking so much so forward to seeing like what else they do with strange new worlds because i think they've been doing a fairly good job yeah. of that i don't know if any of the other modern treks i could say i see, I, I, I tried to make that point and i made it poorly a while back that like i think that that discovery sucks hard at that aspect and that like there's a lot of bridge characters and a lot of characters whose names we may or may not know but at the end of the day it's like it's the michael burnham michael show. burnham Saru, Tilly, and Book are yeah. like the only ones that get any like serious screen time. And like, you know, and Book and, is a newer character. Yeah. yeah. And like, so, and, you know, and every now and again we'll get like a Wilson Cruz thing. Can't think. Culver? Culver? Culver. 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 Yeah. You know, we might get Stamets or, you know, so, like a one off story that they're like a B plot in or something. But yeah, as, as, as ensemble shows, I don't think Discovery does a great job. I think just by benefit of having such a small cast, Prodigy's done a good job of yeah. Prodigy's been pretty good keeping about it. all the kids pretty heavily involved. I feel, and, I, and I'll say to uh, to its credit, I think uh, Lower Decks does a pretty good job as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They're because they're they're focused on the four characters. Picard, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to be remotely objective talking about Picard because it's just so awful in other ways. Um, <laughs> But I don't think it's a good ensemble show. But then I can't really say what it is good at. Jesus um, Christ. Uh, I say it again. Said it before. Excellent soundtrack. There you go. Some really hard. Really beautiful music. Oh, I'll have to listen next time. Yeah, we do a genuinely watch. very good music. The thing about the thing is, like, it's they want it to be an ensemble show so bad that they shoehorn in characters that shouldn't be there to do things they shouldn't be doing. Mm. Just because they have the actors in, in, under yeah. contract, and like it really, ultimately, it should just be a fucking Picard show if they were going to do anything. But no, fuck it, I'm not going to complain about Picard right now. But yeah, Stranger Worlds been doing a pretty good job. I know they they have said that uh, they that I cannot think of her name right now. Rebecca Ortegas. Yes, is getting a focal episode next season because she didn't really get one of her own this mm. season. I mean, she was still pretty <laughs> present, but they're going to give her like. An episode. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I like her yeah. a lot. Yeah, she did. Same. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else? We've gone really weirdly far there's, afield. There's been a lot, a lot to discuss, and a lot also that that's just come up. Uh, one thing we did discuss a bit, and this will this will serve as our segue because fuck talking anymore about this. We've talked so long. The the applicable topic for this week that we're going to talk more about now, oh, as God. if as if it's possible. So many. Uh, is the Prime Directive 
breaking it and upholding it and whether any time that's good or bad because i feel like you can make like a like a like a, almost like a punnet square of breaking the prime directive versus upholding it and whether that's a good idea or a bad idea and all the little instances can can fit in different quadrants i i feel like we have to completely skip tos because it had no idea what the prime directive was but here's the thing though you can still cite examples from TOS where breaking the Prime Directive went horribly wrong. Yeah, you know, so you have like Gangster Planet, Nazi Planet, all these all these parallel Earths that yeah. were just like, oh no, we just accidentally taught them to be it's, Nazis. It's Whoops. so it's so weird though about how like little idea the show had about what the Prime Directive even was. Yeah, like Friday's Child, they were openly making mineral rights. Having mineral rights uh, uh, negotiations with a race of nomadic peoples that didn't even have gunpowder, much less space travel. That's why they were on Friday, Child Planet? I thought so. I don't remember why they were there. Either way, they were very openly being like, hello, we are spacemen with a bunch of nomads without technology. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the episode, at least, the episode with the Mugatu was, like, Kirk had been there incognito previously. So, like, they were trying to keep spacemen secret from the locals. But there were other times, I can't think of others off the top of my head, but I feel like there were other times, like with Friday's Child, where they were just like, Hello, ignorant cave dwellers! We are space gods from the future! (laughs) The, The apple? Was the apple like that? The one where they, uh, the, the, where they were... F- where they killed the Vald statue thing? Yeah. That, yeah they, they destroyed did, their god. Completely fucked up that culture. That's the thing. Like, they came off immediately. Like, okay, so the very, very, very fir- first mention of the Prime Directive. Season 1, Episode 2. Return of the Archons. Which, if everyone remembers... Another one. Is Red Hour Planet, which, yeah. holy fucking with, god. With Landru, right? Yeah, yeah, which is Landru. And they say, they bring up the Prime Directive. They kind of state what it is. Uh, I'll go into what it is. In they, just call, a they call it like the non-interference directive. They might have, but yeah. it's, it's the first time. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So they decide in Return of the Archons. All right, it doesn't count in this instance because we're not interfering with a culture because this culture has stagnated, and we're mm. just getting it. We're just keeping it a jump start again. That doesn't seem like a thing. <laughs> that sounds like some made-up, on-the-spot bullshit to justify what they uh, what they did. Just by going in and fucking up with some society that already exists. I, I know that at least one case, maybe more, there was also just like, well, we've got to interfere because the Klingons have already fucking broken everything. Oh, so. like Errand of Mercy? or um, No, that would have been Private Little War. Ah, yeah. That's yeah. The, yeah, that's, that's the one not... where they go and they decide, well, the Klingons are giving weapons to these guys, so we'll give weapons to the other guys. Yeah. Well, I, but I don't say like Aaron of Mercy is also a similar kind of situation, except it turned out that the uh, that the, the, the primitive were actually, aliens were actually incredibly advanced aliens. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't fuck with their society if you even wanted yeah. to. Yeah, they, yeah, but yeah, the Klingons had found what they thought were a primitive society, and were like, "Well, we rule you now." So the so Starfleet's like, ah, "It's already broken. Fuck, fuck yeah. it." Yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's probably too many. I think every episode. Of TOS probably has some prime directive yeah, per, violation. Per, I'm going to say per capita. That's the wrong kind. Of, in, in proportion with the number mm. of episodes of TOS there are, I think they they have prime directive bullshit happen the fucking most. Well, the yeah. other thing too, if you ever read, uh, which I did recently, which is why I'm thinking of it, Gene Roddenberry's original pitch. Oh yeah, Star that Trek. was floating around online recently. Yeah, it was online recently, so I re- was reading it and like like 
the core like point of that pitch is they're going to explore parallel earths like that was the pitch Ugh. for the show oh i don't like that no, was it like that's why miri happened yeah Fuck well, you. yeah basically it was like oh we're beginning going going to not like literal like like Miri, where it's literally another planet that looks like Earth, but like, oh, you know, it's going to be a lend uh, a mirror up to nature. We're going to go to all these places that are just like Earth, but oh, but in space, so we can talk about cultural things on Earth. Mm. And and the other benefit of doing that is, oh, well, we can just film on existing backlot sets, yeah. so it'll be cheaper. cheaper. Like we and like he even talks about like, oh, we can go to you know al capone planet and you know we'll film on like a, a studio backlot yeah, or gladiator planet yeah so it's like like those these are things that are actually cited and this is the 1964 yeah. pitch that was like wow. before they filmed uh menagerie like at least with fucking al capone and nazi planet there was contamination it's fucking rome planet and yangs and gooms planet that pisses me off. Oh yeah, because that was just uh, parallel development. Yeah, parallel development which was stupid. So stupid. Like again, like you want to say, whoops, we contaminated it? Great. But, ugh. Where would you put Touch the Sky uh, in terms of Prime Directive? Because they do save them, right? They they redirect the asteroid. Yeah, if they were were upholding Prime Directive... Well, the thing is, it's because they're trying to save another society that the asteroid would hit. That's true. So they're they're saving that society that they already have contact with, that that's already I don't know if they're in the Federation or what. So I feel like they they consider that within their rights to divert this asteroid, and then they happen to realize there are people in the asteroid who we want to bang. That's right. They were already trying to. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I think that one's really extenuating. I think they managed also to repair its yeah, course they were, they were without computer rumbling the game to too many people. Somebody oh, you didn't read the there's a book. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The old dude I think got out and said the title. Yeah. But aside from that, I think by and large the society was unaware of what had just happened. Well, I mean, there's a novel that takes place after. Yeah, yeah, that's where where Bones goes back. Goes goes back to bang the tear a little bit. Good Mm -hmm. for him. But yeah, that book's books don't count. Things that do count. Okay, really, really. Native American planet. That's another. uh... Mm. That wasn't parallel development though. That was. That was we kidnapped some Native Americans. Yeah, that was an alien abduction. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Oh, that's true because they were going to save it from some comets or something that was flying toward them. But then they didn't develop for five hundred years, which was awkward. They they stayed as the society. Yeah, they like been. their society didn't advance at all after they Although, were arrested. Although it's interesting. Well, well, we just well because when we see, when we see them, they're just they're like Native Americans. But we didn't see what they were like when they were abducted. They probably were this. How do you know? Well, we I guess we don't, but we know what Native Americans look like in Earth history. So I assume that that since they were from Earth, they would have looked like that. No, I don't know. But the thing about that. To that point is like if the planet that they put them on lacked certain natural resources, there they might have been stuck. Because mm. if you think about it, if you don't have like domesticatable, like they say that like yeah. one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why relative to the uh, like Europe there were fewer like uh, larger cities, large cities and, and stuff like that, was yeah. because there weren't enough domesticatable animals in the Americas. Mm. So that made agrarian 
society's hard so you kind of had to stay more nomadic and like a hunter-gatherer which is why like especially in you know north america like all all of the societies that did uh, like establish and build big cities and things like that were all in like central and south america where there are llamas llamas and alpacas which are domesticatable but there's no native domesticatable animals in like like the United States and Canada. Interesting. So the society that. stayed relatively more nomadic because you just you there was not a way to settle down and still get enough calories. Right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 There was a good um CBG, CPJ, whatever the letters are, gray. CPG gray. Whatever the whatever whatever's C- correct. CGP? CPG, I think. I don't remember. I'm so bad with the letters in this in anyway. this YouTube uh, uh, video creator who who made a good video about that. Getting back to Prime Directive. Yes. Prime Rib Directive. All right, let, I'm going to move us out of TOS. Yeah. And there's just a long list. I might put them all up on the Tumblr. We'll see how <clears throat> how an entirely untenable this list becomes. Very. Because I think one of the <clears throat> biggest fucking errors that you see someone entirely botch the Prime Directive is fucking Admiral Jam- Jameson. Oh, God. Who just decides, hey, various people on this planet. Have some weapons. It's okay if I give everyone weapons, right? It's, it would be breaking the Prime Directive if I gave only one of you weapons, like back in the, the Klingon episode we discussed a little while ago. So I'm going to just hand them out like candy. Yeah. And then we're going to have some candy. That idiot. <laughs> also, I'm a fucking piece of <coughs> shit to my wife. Yeah. He's the worst. Fuck Jameson, man. Yeah. Dickhead. Terrible makeup. Oh, real bad. <laughs> so bad. In his weird Professor X chair. TNG had one of what I found a very annoying bit of self-righteousness about the Prime Directive in, um... Who watches the Watchers? Pen Pals. No, the one where uh, they get caught up in a civil war. Bev gets kidnapped by... The, the terrorism Oh, episode? the terrorism. High yeah. Terrorist guy. <clears throat> that sounds right. I don't know. Is there, they're in that, like, mall. Yeah, <laughs> and the, like their, their magical transporter is killing them all. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, that's the high ground. Yeah. What annoys me about that one is Bev like... Bev wants to bang that terrorist. Is like, they're like, oh, we can't interfere with your society. Prime directive. It's oh, like, but we're going to give you medicine and supplies and food. Yeah, it's like, okay, if you're... Trade, I didn't think of that If one. you're trade partners with one side of a civil war, you're interfering with that civil war. Like, if you really don't want to interfere, you should stand back completely. But you by being a trade partner with one of the two sides... You're interfering. That's a good point. You know, it's like I've said a bunch of times as well. Like, fine, you can't interfere with the culture, but maybe if they're shitheads, you don't talk to them. This is all different. You yeah, have it's like, said that before. Yeah, a lot, because <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy. It's Again, it's that sanctimonious bullshit with the Cardassians. Yeah, what about when Worf's uh, bro tried to... Not current, his other bro. Sergey, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, tried, oh, to, tried to relocate... Sorry. Nikolai? Nikolai. Nikolai, that's what it Circus is. Circus is dad, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, tries to save relocate those, the, yeah. relocate those people. Oh yeah, wants to wants to bang Penny Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blame him. Oh god, that's right. I forgot that was her. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she's, the, all over, she's all over the place. Slaps him in the holodeck, and that was that was a clever way to do it while contaminating them as little as possible. Yeah. But like the fact that they that Picard is like, no, let them die. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the same thing. The th- same thing. I know we brought up uh, one of our favorite episodes from season one. There are so few. Uh, Symbiosis, which was a 
oh yeah, yeah, your society sucks and we really shouldn't interfere because Prime Directive, so I'm just gonna let all you poor people who are stuck dying of, uh, of, what, 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 what were they going through? Withdrawal? Yeah, withdrawal. super withdrawal. Super bad withdrawal. I'll just, you know, it'll work itself out later. We see them again in Lower Decks, by the way. They oh. do okay. Oh, after, wow. After many deaths. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, after the culling. <laughs> Although wasn't part of that also, though, they're basically like, hey, good luck when these people rise up and murder you, drug dealers. Yeah. Like, that was kind of implicit. Yeah, which, it's Picard saying, like, oh, I wash my hand of this because Prime Directive, whilst also, like, very, very actively deciding their future. Oh, was that yeah. an addiction planet? Yeah. 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 There's a, I feel like there's a lot of stuff in TNG that is just very... They define it themselves. It's subjective. Yeah, it's very much, like, it's very much a... Uh, 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 and it's interesting because you're starting to see in larger discussions, like, aspects of TNG are starting to not age great. A lot of it is very much <laughs> that kind of immediate aftermath of the Cold War, like, well-heeled early 90s liberalism that nowadays is a little like, oh, this was actually not great either. Like, you were making a lot of token gestures without actually doing anything. Like in Pen Pals. <laughs> which I think they washed away by saying, well, this little five-year-old girl who's been writing to Data every day did technically ask for help. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we can write it away and say this is why we're going to save your planet that otherwise, if, if through non-interference, would be destroyed. What was the deal? I don't know. It was something to do with dilithium, wasn't it? I thought the planet was just dying, or yeah, the star, like, or something. It was like super, like pull of volcanoes, or something. Yeah, I remember there being volcanoes involved. Was that? I'd be confusing that with another one. It's Possibly. a little ugly creature child that. Yeah. Oh no, the child. Oh, I remember. I her. But I think wasn't there like a subplot where like Wesley was put in charge of a, a project was. and people were being shitty to him because he was you know a kid. Because I feel like that ended up dovetailing. Like he finally told them like, "Look, I'm in charge. Fuck you." And something his team figured out helped save the planet. I that part I might be making up. Regardless, know. regardless, the idea of, of um, I know like Data brought it to the conference table. Did it? Did it? Sit and talk. And Pulaski was like, "We should save them. We should save them. We should save them." <coughs> Where are all of your fucking ethics? Yeah. And Picard says, "Well, I don't know. What does the Prime Directive have to say? I have a tattooed on my bicep." I, I feel Hold like... on. Let me just show this primitive person their planet from space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom even kind of pulled that in, in Waterworld there. He was Water like, World. I can't do anything unless you ask for help. Yep. Wink. It's like, Tom, that's not how this works. <laughs> oh, well. I said wink. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um... No, keep going. That's way off oh, course. That's okay. much, much later. Where was I going to keep going to? Oh, I don't know. But I, oh, I was God. thinking of, like, the pilot of Discovery. Oh, yeah. That's one that annoys that very me. very first scene. Because it's like, all right, we're going to try to save this planet as undercoverly as possible. But again, what annoys me is like, the Prime Directive can't apply here. This planet's water table is drying up because of a mining operation you built that went wrong. That's what happened? Yeah. Oh, idiots. Why are they mining on this other people's well, the, planet? Well, they weren't, what it was is they were mining, I think, nearby I don't know if it, was, if it was them or some other alien race. But anyway, someone was mining near this planet. Something went all um, uh, Star cool. Trek 6. Oh, insurrection. Nemesis. 
six. Undiscovered country. Yeah. Oh, praxis? Yeah, something went all praxis. And that caused this other planet's water table to dissolve. Mm. And so at that point, I'm like, guys, there's already been interference. You mm-hmm. might as well just... Yeah, and now they're all gangsters. God damn it. Yeah, like, just, it, like, at this, it, like, that's what the Prime Directive needs. It needs a whoops clause for, like, somebody else already broke this place. Fuck it, let's actually do something. I think, I think it kind of does, because I think the, the, you know, it's already been fucked, this is us trying to fix it, is used so often. Like, I think one that does a really good job of that is another uh, season or series premiere, the series premiere of Strange New Worlds, minor spoilers mm. ahead, because a thing entirely you know, unconnected with this planet of people yeah. that the Federation caused is having effects on this planet, and Pike finally just says, you know what? Fuck it. Here's the Enterprise. There it is. I'm an alien. Look at me. Look at my fucking swoopy hair. <laughs> Look at my hair. Um, and you know what? This this is going to be better for everyone if we just say, God damn it, can we help? Oh, God. In, in, a, in fucking 200 years, the Enterprise C visits that planet and everyone has huge pompadours. Yay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example, though. Um, like, there just there have to be times where you have to just be less stringent about it because you're like, you know what? Oh, God. If we, if we don't fix what's already broken, it's going to be worse. Well, like... I mean, who watches the Watchers is one where mm. mm-hmm. they they fucked up. They were doing their fucking duck blind research. Ugh, such a bad Never idea. a good idea. No. And contaminated the planet, and then they had to fix it. And like Picard almost died. Yeah. And and Bobby Hill was very upset. Yeah. Father. Did the father die or did Bobby Hill die? Neither of them died. No one dies. I could have sworn somebody died. Someone, it, someone, someone on the Enterprise died. Oh, well, that's fine. And, and, they, made, and they made her, and they made uh, the the girl watch. And the father was Ray Not Wise, Bobby if Hill, I recall. He was. Was he? Yeah. So no shit. For, I, when we saw him the other week, I. Told that's, him right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He for, he already had appeared in that episode. Yeah. yeah. We like him. Yeah, he's good. Man, Ray Wise. Anytime Starfleet gets involved, he has a bad time. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Uh, gets it. His people get assimilated by Borg. Does DS Nine have a lot of aside from? I mean, Tosk. not many. I mean, yeah, there was the Tosk one, which we which we brought up during our main discussion, and I think is a great way that they yeah. work around the Prime Directive. And Odo pretending to work but going it very slowly is a good touch. Yeah, I, I just the nature of the show really kind of prevents it from mm. coming you'd, up. You'd think in. Dealing with the Gamma Quadrant, you'd be making tons and tons and tons of first contacts. Yeah, but though. again, though, they're not... They're not the ones doing yeah, it, Yeah, it's not yeah, an exploration show like the other ones. Yeah, like, they're they're just... They're the, the hub yeah. that the everything only, passes through. The only one other than Captive Pursuit that I even saw mentioned really as a good example on the Memory Alpha page is Battle Lines, which is where Kyle, Kyle Paka goes to become a zombie. Mm, yeah. um, and that was one of the very, very few times they do go make first contact with somebody in the uh, Gamma Quadrant, and it's it's entirely accidentally. And they're assholes. Yeah, I feel like the Ferengi make for first contact that they do. They do! Fucking Quark goes and talks to the weird face makeup people in what you think is just this weird random episode, but hey, it's also the first time anyone says the words the Dominion. Yes. 
And that ends oh, up the being dough side. The, the, the tulip yeah, yeah, I like that. Tulip berry wine, people. yeah. It's amazing that that's where they seeded that. It's like, hey, here's this thing that seems inconsequential. Right. Like, the, the writers clearly knew, we're, oh, we're going to do something with this later. This oh, is amazing. They were like, the Cylons have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> but this time it actually <laughs> it did, Oh, yeah. God, it was Ron Moore, wasn't it? It's always Ron Moore. <laughs> Ron Moore all the way down. There's, there's going to be an Enterprise where... It's very annoying because I'm pretty sure they have this whole, like, very unsubtle, maybe someday we'll have a directive. Oh, yeah. That episode, I know the episode. It's, it's, that is one of my least favorite episodes of Star Trek. See, I remember liking it. After, again, it's been a while, but it, it does deal kind of, again, it comes up with this idea of, like, okay, you can't interfere, but why are you dealing with these people? They are the worst. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I hate it, because I feel like they make all the wrong It's like, things. I am actually one thousand... Dear Doctor is the name of the episode. Mm. Oh, it's no. On, it's on my list. That's a different one. I forgot oh. about that one. Because Dear Doctor has a very unsubtle thing at the end where Archer's like, perhaps one day there'll be a directive. Okay, so maybe I'm conflating two of them, but there's oh, another okay. episode where I am 1,000% on Trip's side when he interferes with this culture. Oh, okay, yeah, that is a different, uh, different tell me, episode. Find out which one it is, because I don't know Enterprise very well. Yeah, I'll look, I'll look into it. Yes, Dear Doctor, that's a good example, too. I forgot about that. Uh, is it The Communicator by any chance? No, that's a different one. That's a, so, a social yeah, um, social contamination social, one, and, the, yeah. and that one was accidental. Like Dang basically, it. they they leave, and then someone goes, "Oh no, oh, fuck. I fuck. left my keys!" And they gotta go back and get their keys before it can be found. So um, they can reverse engineer a car out of your keys. Yeah, yeah. Whereas these are more like who among us hasn't been there? Dear Doctor's a whole ethical dilemma, <laughs> and the other one I'm thinking of that I can't think of the title of is just a we made first contact and do do do, and trips like, "Wow, your culture sucks." Yeah, okay. and I'm like, I think I, 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 think I, I can't remember what it's called either. But yeah, yeah. Check check out with it may end up on the Tumblr depending on how much of this ends up on the Tumblr because yeah, breaking the Prime Directive is just comes so naturally There's to people so much on of it. Star Trek. It's either breaking the Prime Directive or upholding it so annoyingly, Ugh. like uh, like clam fisted. That's not a word. Clam fisted. Ham fistedly. But you know what? Honestly, that should be because clams famously like when they shut, if they yeah. don't want to open. Very stubborn. Like Janeway, well, like Janeway like this there week. Is, there is some kind of clam. Well, there's happy as a clam. Oh, that's right. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Clam baked. I think there is something Ooh. to do with like keeping secrets that is related to clams or something. But I mean, as a clam. Shut yeah. your clam. No, that's, there that's it is. gross. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? <laughs> oh, uh, what? How do we feel about insurrection? And that because uh, they're not oh, really. Oh my god. That's another duck blind, and it's another fucking up another culture thing. That, that, it, well, first of all, there's two problems. One, they're like, oh, they actually do have warp, they just don't use it, so yeah, never mind. They're just Luddites. That's just Picard rehashing his bad decision from the Maquis episode. Yeah, yeah the, the But, oh, this time he wants to bang one of them, so I guess I will break the Prime Directive. Mm. Or no, not no, follow no, it's, orders. It's it's deeper than that, because it's also, like, the the... The people being being advanced or not doesn't change doesn't change a fucking thing. No, I know. It's are we going to actually kill them all? But yeah. not for well, any just kill them, but like steal their natural resources from their yeah. planet. Yeah, and and relocate them forcefully. Even yeah. even though maybe they won't notice until they start dying. Yeah. We, we wow, F. Murray Abraham is clearly evil as fuck, but we're gonna work with him. Yeah, as soon as your as soon as your uh, your partner starts, you know, look, gets into his face stretching machine, run know, by he, his slaves. Yeah, run by his yeah, exactly his slave 
uh, harem. Yeah, yeah, like fucking a man, you've made some bad decisions. So many, but yeah, they kind of they do end up hand waving the prime directive thing pretty early on, so it stops being a prime directive issue and becomes a moral dilemma. Mm. Why is it not a prime directive issue? Because they they even they, there's even a line where they're like, oh, good news, these people have warp. They just Warp does not does not delineate when the, whether the prime director. I thought uh, warp was literally. Well, the thing. There, that's the other thing. Like, the, there's also the definition <clears throat> of the prime director. I have it in front of me. Sometimes it means well, in practice, maybe it, I, I, I'm interested in what the actual definition is. But in practice, it seems that sometimes it means we do not interfere in pre-warp cultures, and sometimes it means we just don't interfere in Any. foreign cultures. Yeah. Here's the thing. It means the latter, but the first one is nested within the latter. Oh. Yeah, because it just means we don't we don't get involved in countries. Here's the here's the definition that's on uh, Memory Alpha. The Prime Directive, also known as all these other fucking things, was the embodiment of one of Starfleet's most important ethical principles: non-interference with other cultures or civilizations. Period. At its core was the philosophical concept that covered personnel should not should refrain from interfering in the natural, unassisted development of societies, even if such interference was well-intentioned. The Prime Directive was viewed as so fundamental to Starfleet that officers swore to uphold the Prime Directive, even at the cost of their own lives or the lives of their crew, though the literal, literal application of this oath rarely, if ever, applied. <laughs> yeah, we, we swear to uphold it with our lives, and yet there's zero examples in yeah. all of Star Trek where somebody died to protect the first defense. <clears throat> the, the closest anyone comes... Is the I forgot my keys episode of Enterprise? Mm. Yeah, no. The only reason I bring that up though is because they they do bring very the the whole warp thing in insurrection is because there's a whole scene where Picard mentions it explicitly. Yeah. So like in that in the movie at least their initial concern was that a pre warp civilization had been exposed to the Federation. Okay. Like that was actually in the film. I'm not just bringing it I up myself. I think that's where they stopped bothering with the blinds, though. I think the the application of Prime Directive as we're going to destroy your culture is still very much in play. Yes, but in that case, it's actually really the Admiral breaking the Prime Directive, yeah, not yeah, the Enterprise. Well, At first, they're concerned before Picard knows what's going on. And like, and the pre-warp thing also comes up in um, in First Contact, not the movie, the episode. Got it. Um, B.B. Newworth looking great. B, yeah, B.B. Newworth. Um, you know, in that, like, the whole way they're able to justify revealing themselves... To the scientists, they're like, listen, we normally wait until you actually have warp drive, but since you're about to have warp drive, I guess we'll get, you know, yeah. we'll start early. Start, start the paperwork a little yeah. early. So, we'll be home by lunch. Yeah, so creation of warp is the threshold for do we talk to you? Yeah. And then the prime directive is really the, the matter at hand of is do we actually, do we give you toys and trinkets, which the prime directive says... Don't give them toys or the, trinkets. This does kind of get back to what we're talking with TOS. Like, and this doesn't come up a lot, if ever, really, aside from that. It's like, how do you deal with the fact that you exist in a galaxy with cultures that... Break it all the time. ...don't have it, that don't give a fuck? And I feel like that's rarely I've ever dealt with. Like, hey, so it's great that we want to not interfere at all, but... um. I mean, that's a private little war. The ro- Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But it, it, since then, they've not... Newer Trek, I don't think, at least, huh. that I can think of, has ever really dealt with, like, you know, there was never, like, a, the Romulans just set up a fucking hospital on this, why would they set up a hospital? Just set up a, a, a 
badminton court on this planet that's like 20th century level and revealed themselves to them. It's like, oh. Their badminton is only like 18th century level. Well, that's, level. that's um, in False Prophets. Which one's that again? That's the Ferengi setting up their badminton court on the on the planet. Good point. Good point. But even then, yeah, so with that one, they were trying to undo the damage while still remaining within the realm of the Prime Directive, which seems yeah. kind of pointless. Like, it's already so broken, guys. Like, <laughs> But yeah, I would like to see that maybe deal with that. Again, you but know, how just, would they deal with it? Like, what's the best way to deal with it? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a writer on Star Trek. Nuke it from orbit. It's the only well, way to be sure. Clearly, you dress up Neelix to look like the people. Yes, and... that works every time. Yes, one of them passed away recently, sadly. One of the Ferengi. One of who? Yeah, one of the Ferengi from that episode. Oh, he died in a car yeah. accident. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no idea it was him until like we were, oh, he was on Voyage. I'm like, wait, what? And yeah, he was one of the. He was the one that basically had been replaced from TNG because the TNG okay. version had no lines. Yeah. But now he had to have lines. But yeah, again, I don't know what the story is, but I'm also not a writer on Star Trek, so they can figure it out. Fuck. <laughs> God damn, Lower Decks is going to do it now and they're going to do it cheesily. Yeah. I think Prodigy could. I have to say, uh, well. have you, did you watch this week's Prodigy yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. We won't spoil it, but. There's some, there's some, there's good, some good Prime, prime Directive shit stuff. in there. So I, I encourage you to, to watch that one. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, we're yeah. all behind this week. Yeah, and even though like the characters in Prodigy, they don't really know what Prime Directive is. They're no. new to all of this. I think they find a good good uh, way around it. Yeah, good for them. They're great. Seriously, we bring it up a lot, but if you're not watching Prodigy, listeners, fucking it's watch such Prodigy. It's so good. For, Look, for no one thought it was going to be bad more than me. It was a Nickelodeon kid-themed CG Star Trek. None of that sounds like it should work, yeah, but oh my like, god, it works. And like some of the kid stuff is a, is bad, but like... But I was expecting so much more yeah. than it has. And like overall, like the stories are really well done. Yeah. And they're like half an hour each. Yeah. But also, like, what would you consider bad kid stuff? Like the I fact that Janeway like sums up the moral. Well, like, like, yeah, that's jokes. fine. It's not that bad. And Jankum is the worst. Yeah, Jankum, Jankum is clearly oh. Any, anything involving Jankum is, is pretty is fucking pretty bad. Off. Yeah, yeah they, but even kids, I feel like, must find that annoying. No, no kids, kids love rep- repetition and shit. Yeah. They love goofy characters. Yeah, oh. no, they could. They if they want to, if they really want to, like, try to have a big emotional moment, like, oh, we got to airlock somebody, airlock Jankum. Please, God. He's fine. No, the, the thing I said I said to somebody recently of why Prodigy works is kind of because it's a kid's show, mm. so they keep the the stories simple without making them overly fucking complicated yeah. like every other fucking Star Trek. And actually, I, I would also say the, the, the shorter time probably helps, because then there's no, like, fuck, we ran short, let's have a terrible <laughs> B-plot that's tonally inconsistent with the rest of the episode. Right, if anything, it's probably the total opposite where they're having to tighten things up because they have so little time. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, we've got 24 minutes because yes. we have to make, Well, and know, especially... Commercial breaks. Yeah, especially because unlike a lot of the other new treks and a lot of streaming shows in general where it's like, this is only ever going to be on this platform, so one week can run a little long, one week can run a little short, these eventually are going to get aired on Nickelodeon. And they have to fit So in they the have to... They yeah. aren't already commercials. They only started airing the first season, I think, like a month or two ago. Why? Because that was, I don't know. Like, why would you wait? Because uh, people, people have access to the streaming. Yeah, they want people to have Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair, yeah. So somehow we started talking about Prodigy. Yeah, sorry. 
Uh, yes, watch this week's episode. There's a great Prime Directive allegory that'll be up on the Tumblr. Uh, a couple other like little ones I wanted to bring up as as a where do you guys put this in the in the Prime Directive categories? That episode of Stranger Worlds again. We're going to spoil Stranger Worlds because it's on my mind. God damn it! Yeah, I'll put it in the thing. The episode is called "Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach." It's the one with the the the. Really shitty society that oh. Pike stumbles into, and he really, oh. really wants to break the Prime Directive. So badly, the Ursula, right? Ursula so. like win. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they won't let him break it, and it's like, oh, but let him break it because these people suck. That yeah. one, that one, I thought of. That's a good. One. Even if, like you said, it is a bit the lottery, but still, they do enough extra stuff that I think you know that's a good episode. Yeah, that's a good episode. There's a couple lower decks episodes that were mentioned on the on the Memory Alpha, but I don't remember. Actually, the, the the peanut hamper episode is pretty fun when you consider it to a prime. The drag. peanut hamper. The peanut hamper one. What? Oh right, peanut hamper. Yeah, I've... is that what the thing's called? Yes. Shit. Don't tell Chris and Kate. I won't let tell them. Let them be clueless. I, I, I remember. I remembered it had about. a stupid name. Don't tell them what it is. Because I love that Chris has no idea what the fuck we're talking I won't, about. I'm just picturing... This is, this is like when you guys talk about Batman, and I have no idea what you're talking about, but this I'm, is actually Star Trek. I'm just picturing a laundry basket full of peanuts. You're not far off. That's pretty close, yeah. Um, that episode has an interesting Prime Directive story. It'll be up on the Tumblr. Pe- Check Peanut it out. Hamper, I'll, I'll tell them this much. It's a character's name. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know what? I feel like people have said it on shitposting. Stop I have no giving one... them clues. But no, the thing is, like, he's right. I've seen it on shitposting, and I have no idea what it means, so it's fine. Well, you'll find out. What else is good to talk about before we wrap up? Oh, they they had a fucking uh, ATV race with that culture on Nemesis Planet. Oh, yeah. And, and the movie Nemesis. Oh, yeah. They didn't even try to hide, like... They were just like, Data's head's down there. Let's not check if there's life signs. And then they what? fucking <laughs> ramp right into a shuttle right in front of these weird Mag Max bastards. That was a bad decision yeah. all around. Yeah. Star Trek Four Stealing some whales. <laughs> I mean, that's temporal prime yeah, Oh, good point. That's a different topic. Yeah, that I think is too, too different a topic, because otherwise we'll be talking for another hour. Yeah, yeah no, that's a whole... so many time travels. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half of them involve Data's head. Uh, oh, there's the outcast with uh, Soren's people and how we tried shake, to get involved shake, and we shake couldn't. It, shake it, yeah, shake it, again. No, Jay. Shake it like a Polaroid. Yes. Uh, again, like, I get it. You can't interfere. Stop being friends with them. God, that's a, it's a, I remember it being like a, a, a decent idea and the end was heartbreaking, but a lot of it was like very much like meaning well, but kind of stumbling a lot of the way. Yeah. I also feel like a lot of times Star Trek episodes get into this thing where it's like, okay, when it's time to save a culture, we'll gladly break the prime directive to save it. Mm-hmm. But team. when it's to help them out of their own mess, well, it's no, their fault. But when it's a Starfleet officer that's in trouble... Oh, like Injustice! Like Injustice! Yes, mm. I was going to bring up we're Justice not, next. We're not... We're going to stand staunchly by the Prime... And there's other examples. I feel like there's a couple examples even in Voyager where the same exact thing. Where, like, the Tom... Tom... Go, or, like, Bolana getting her brain melted. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, oh... Prime Directive says we can't save our crew person. We got to let the thing go. Was that in the 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 mind reading people's mind? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't remember what that was called, but that one, yeah. Stray thoughts or something. Just like uh, I can't remember. Random thoughts. Random there thoughts. we go. Yeah, where it's like, so basically, it's the it's the fucking writer's crutch is what the Prime Directive. Is. Yeah. <laughs> when they don't when they want to have a have drama for the sake of you know putting a character in jeopardy, the Prime Directive is. 
fucking gospel. But when it's, <laughs> you know, oh, we need to save these this planet from Ardra, fuck the Prime Directive, you know? Mm. Oh, a godlike entity is pretending to be a god. Fuck. Prime Directive, my ass. Show them what's up. That's a good point. I go, yeah, you're, no, you're right. What the fuck? <laughs> Think if I was Starfleet, I'd be really annoyed. Yeah. Look, we're going to keep doing this because someday somebody's going to die for the Prime Directive. It's in the words and we're very annoyed it's never happened. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's like maybe it's like uh, Janeway's blowing up the ship thing. It's like, well, hmm, I have the ability to blow up the ship, so I might as well do it. Well... I'm allowed to let my crew die for the Prime Directive, so if I don't do it, I'm basically... That's really, like, again, I think that Voyager only needs one person's okay. Why? <laughs> oh, God. And yeah, like, it must have come up in the Nikolai episode, but, like, if a civilian violates it, is right. there really... I That's mean... brought up in Angel 1. Because those assholes that land on on Lady Planet mm. just go in and fuck everything up, and they're mm. like, "It's okay that we did it because we're not Predator, we're not you know Starfleet." Mm. Death by Snoo Snoo. We can fuck the women all we want. But I imagine if you're a Federation citizen, maybe you could be charged with a crime. Well, I thought, but is the Prime Directive is Starfleet directive? It's, I don't think Federation citizens are beholden to. No. So that that seems like a huge loophole. Yeah. Every ship should just have a coterie of civilians that they throw at problems they can't legally deal <laughs> with. Maybe that's really Keiko why... can do it wherever we go. Say, that's, maybe that's the real reason there were so many civilians on Galaxy Class, but for some reason they forgot to tell Picard. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are there so many people here I don't want on my ship? And some, children. He means the children. Well, yeah. But some admiral's like, did anyone tell Picard about the loophole civilians? <laughs> I like oh, that. shit! <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> If there are any other examples, they can be covered in the blog post. Maybe. Make, I, make sure Tumblr posts can only be so long. Can they, though? No, that's part oh, of the reason right. some of my early posts are in multiple parts. They were supposed to be one, but Tumblr oh has a God. limit. I haven't hit that limit yet myself, so we'll see. We'll see how I do. Yeah, so definitely make sure that whatever the fuck I've written up, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I have no idea how. It'll probably just be, be be a big grid of where do they fall and did they break it or did they uphold it. And we'll see if, if our hypothesis of they break it to save planets, but they uphold it to screw over individuals, <laughs> if that actually is the case here. That will be interesting. Mm. Yeah, so make sure you're following that on our Tumblr. It's on sshppodcast.com, along with all, all of our other great blog activities from the past, and we'll continue to be there in the future, probably. Next week. Oh, my God. We have more episodes to talk about next week. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. We're going to keep watching Voyager, because that's what my. we do. Uh, next week's episodes are going to be Counterpoint and Latent Image. So that'll be a good time. Make sure you're following along on whatever podcast application you use to listen to that. I use SoundCloud. You can use whatever you like. Uh, I also use Facebook. You can watch uh, all of our Star to Steer Her by things on there. I don't use Twitter, because fuck Twitter. But Star to Steer Her by is on Twitter, so you can follow the, at least our podcast there. Uh, Should it be, though? Should we quit in protest? No. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's going to be gone in we a should few change, weeks anyway. We should change our name to Patrick Stewart Parody for like 24 hours. Pay tweet out talks. some crazy what, shit. Fuck that. And just name ourselves Patrick Stewart and get the verified No, no, if you, if you don't say parody, Elon Musk throws a tizzy. Can he get everybody, though? I don't think he can get all of us. Uh, you be Patrick Stewart, and I'll be uh, Spot. <laughs> there we go. That's what we'll, we'll become Spot for a day. Yay. 
Our not, post will just not be... Not paying eight bucks for that. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm not giving Elon Musk a red fucking cent. So until next week, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this is... Oh, I've been demoted from Skipper. This is Swabby Chris. Surfs up. Swabby Chris. Surfs down. Thank <laughs> you.